Okay. We're live, chat. Thank you. Just one moment. I've now got a few technical problems. One more second. <laughs> All of a sudden. Here we go. First of all, I'm, I welcome councillors as well as those people listening to the broadcast to this virtual Uttlesford District Council meeting. For the benefit of the smooth running of the meeting, I will start by running through a few rules of procedure. Regulations governing virtual meetings state that you must be able to hear and be heard. Therefore, for the benefit of those listening in in a moment, I will ask Democratic Services Officer to take a register so that anyone listening uh, will know who's present. Please keep yourself on mute at all times when you're not speaking. This prevents undue distraction from background noise. The mute button can be found at the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. With the exception of the vice chair and the lead officer, please do not speak unless I ask you to. Um, to indicate that you wish to speak, please click on the participants tab at the bottom of the screen. So that a white column appears down the right-hand side of the screen. At the bottom of this column should be a raise hand button. When you click it, a blue hand will appear by your name. First of all, can you just thumbs up that you can all hear me here? Thumbs up. Good. Thank you. Interruptions to raise a point of order will be permitted. However, if your point of order is not valid, you will be asked to raise your hand like others wishing to speak. Please only use the chat function at the bottom of the screen to give your apologies for leaving the meeting partway through or to note that you have returned. This will make it easier for myself and other officers to note your absence or return. We will then announce that you have left or returned for, 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 me, for matter of records. Um, I now hand over De Democratic Service Officer for a register of those councillors present. Are we ready to do the roll call, is it, Chris? It's uh, me tonight, Chair. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Okay, good evening, councillors. Um, after I call your name, just please uh, indicate whether you're present. Uh, Councillor Armstrong. Present. Councillor Asker. Councillor Bagnall. Present. Councillor Barker. <laughs> Councillor Caton. Present. Thank you. Councillor Coote. I think you're in now. Present. Thank you. Councillor Crisioni. Present. Councillor Day. <clears throat> Councillor DeFries. Present. Councillor Dean. Present. Councillor Driscoll. Present. Councillor Eck. Present. Councillor Evans. Present. Councillor Fairhurst. Present. Councillor Foley. Yeah, present. Councillor Freeman. Present. present. Councillor Gregory. Councillor Gregory. Present. Councillor Hargreaves. Present. Councillor Isham. He's away. Apologies. Thank you. Councillor Jones. 
Not here. Uh, Councillor Khan. Present. Councillor Vell. Present. Councillor LeCount. Present. Councillor Ease. Present. And apologies. Can I give apologies for Councillor Asker? Sorry, she's Thank just you. sent me a. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lemon. Present. Councillor Light. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Councillor Lodge. Present. Councillor Lachlan. Present. Councillor Luck. Present. Councillor Merrifield. Present. Councillor Oliver. Present. Councillor Pavitt. Present. Councillor Pepper. Present. Councillor Reeve. Present. Councillor Sell. Present. Councillor Stora. Present. Councillor Sutton. Councillor Taylor. Present. Okay, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, is there any other um, apologies that we haven't picked up? Not that I've received, Chair. No, I'm just checking here. Dawn French sends her apologies this evening. Thank you. Thank you. On those items that require a decision, votes will be taken by way of a roll call tonight, other than by affirmation of the meeting where there is no dissent. When a vote is taken, I will state whether it's unanimous or if close. The numbers are for or against. Members, you will note that as well as the published agenda, there has been three supplementary packs published online. The first contains two portfolio holder reports. The second provides notice of an amendment to the member motion relating to the planning white paper and the third relates to a further amendment to the same motion. Right, now, I, before we go on to this, we have one uh, guest speaker, uh, well, from Youth Council, uh, Florence, or Miss Walter. Are you standing by there? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Ah, there you go. You can start now, uh, at any time you like. Go ahead. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Florence Walter and I'm a youth councillor. I have come tonight to update you on the recent activities of the youth council and the situation for young people across Athelsford. Our council has taken to meeting virtually through Zoom with great success and plan to continue as such for the foreseeable future. Our working groups are active with a communication working group recently completing our introductory booklet and the newly founded Equality, Inclusion and Diversity Working Group establishing and implementing new plans to collaborate with local arts providers and improve representation. This has been a very turbulent period for everyone during the COVID-19 pandemic, and we are aware of the immense impact this has had on the education and mental health of young people. Many students throughout Uttlesford, myself included, had their exams cancelled without warning, and many others still face uncertainty over this year's exams with the disruption of their education that is still ongoing. 
While we have our concerns about the inconsistent quality, uh, quality of virtual learning between various schools and sixth for, forms and the inevitable toll this will take, we're also optimistic as we, as we have seen the incredible resilience of the youth in our district. We believe that now more than ever, young people need to have their experiences and opinions represented and their needs supported and we intend to do so. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was uh, beautifully concise, brief, and I urge everybody to do the same tonight. We have a we have a long, uh, potentially a long meeting. Um, the next item is to approve the draft minutes of the meetings held on the twenty first of July and the twenty fifth of August, twenty twenty, as correct records of those meetings. Sorry, is it to, point of order. Sorry, um, just yeah. the declarations. Apologies and, and declarations, please, first chair. I'm so sorry. Is there any declarations of interest? Chair, um, item 13, uh, I am in receipt of a Metropolitan Police pension. I understand, right? Chair, it's uh, Councillor Crisioni. Um, as I mentioned prior to the meeting, I may have an interest that's currently being uh, sort of discussed between myself and the monitoring officer in relation to agenda item 14. Think of a metropolitan you, you police bring that up later, should you feel that that's uh, appropriate, yes? Absolutely. I can confirm there isn't a disposable pecuniary interest or anything that would prevent the Councillor from Councilor withdrawing Crisioni, from the meeting. Um, as I mentioned prior to the meeting, I may have an interest. But, but uh, uh, the Councillor has been open about his interest and, uh, and we'll bring it up at the time why. Um, any, any other Declarations of interest? No, that's good. Right, fine. So uh, back to uh, to approve uh, the uh, minutes of the of the meetings. Is it members wish that the minutes of the twenty first of July are approved uh, as a correct record? Uh, let me know if there's any dissent. No dissent that I can see. Is it members wish? that the minutes of the 25th of August are approved as a correct record. Is there any dissent? Uh, Councillor Lodge. No, that was a thumbs up. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> right, that's good. So there's no dissent in both these. So these are, that is taken as approved, yes? Right. Um, Chairman's announcements. Since the last meeting, um, there's been a few things that I've attended. On the 3rd of September uh, was Merchant Navy Day, and myself and uh, others uh, rose, uh, raised the flag at Uttlesford uh, for Merchant Navy Day. On the 7th of September, I attended a virtual Basildon Civic Service, which, um, which was actually quite beautiful. It was to recognise some of the people who had passed away because of the pandemic and uh, the great worker, support workers and, uh, and NHS staff, carers, etc., have been during that period as well as a, as a civil service, a civic service. On the 9th of September, there was emergency services days, which of course are very pertinent to tonight, where we raised the flag and... Um, for, for, for our emergency service, include, including our brave police officers. Um, 
it was said at the time that these are the people in all the emergency service that are running to a problem whilst everybody's running away. And I'm sure that will be reflected in some of the uh, statements later on. On the 3rd of October, I was at the CPRE AGM and the two uh, speakers that came to the local plan uh, or attended the local plan meeting, a virtual uh, meeting, uh, were there too and were uh, very pleased uh, with that they got such a swift response from uh, Stephen, our officer, after the meeting. Uh, uh, so that, that was good. Interestingly enough, very much in line with the white the uh, planning white paper, uh, which Councillor Lachlan uh, is going to be speaking to later, um, and uh, Councillor Evans, the very much uh, CPRE are very much of the same opinion as what seems to be the general opinion from from uh, our councillors here tonight. So that's interesting that we're all on the same page. Thank you. So any questions? No. Good. Sorry, my other computer keeps losing its screen. So I apologize for anybody listening for, with these little delays that are happening. I now invite Councillor Lodge, as leader of the council, to make any announcements about matters not already on the agenda. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. I propose to speak on only one issue, and so uh, hopefully it will be mercifully short in the light of the... Uh, long agenda that you mentioned earlier. And that, as people may guess, is about the pandemic, uh, the COVID-19 issues which we are seeing uh, locally. I think members will be aware that the infection numbers have been rising rather rapidly in Ottlesford um, and in, and in other, other places. However, we have the, the dubious distinction as of the 4th of October of being the second worst um, in Ottlesford. And um, if we're honest about it, everybody is uh, surprised, um, almost amazed, if you like, um, that we're in this uh, position. And um, uh, along with officers, I've been, uh, I've been uh, reviewing with them and with Central Essex on, on any possible potential reasons. Um, everybody has agreed that there is not an out. There is not an outbreak there. Our our public health officers here uh, are very experienced in tracing other issues locally, and um, they they confirm that they do not see the link. That isn't an outbreak linked, uh, and it is uh, community spread. So the best thoughts that. Um, it, it's happening in, in the home and, and potentially in other uh, public areas. I've just got some latest figures though now. The, the very latest ones for following um, the 4th of October. So this will be uh, almost bang up to date. Um, our incident has dropped to 60 per 100,000. We're higher than that. When we were the highest, we were up at 68 as against 71 as the top. Um, so Epping are above us on 62, Brentwood on 66. And there are also a number of other locations with increasing uh, incident rates over 60 in, in this region, notably uh, Bedford Borough, East Hearts, Hartsmere, St Albans, Watford and Great Yarmouth. So um, quite a 
quite quite a spread there. Uh, this is causing very obvious concern to to us all. And in fact, yesterday I was invited for the first time ever, include uh, obviously because of the situation, to the Essex Outbreak Engagement Board. And um, arising out of that, there was such concern that there will be an all Essex leaders meeting tomorrow and uh, I will report back on any significant uh, happenings from that. Um, the actions are not massive as of the moment and there's an element that we are waiting for central government to opine and we're looking at that early next week and some of you may have heard of the three-tier system so that when we pass certain thresholds, uh, differential areas of the country will, will face differential restrictions and we're seeing that in um, in uh, the northeast and the uh, and the northwest, and we've seen that Scotland have uh, maybe gone a step further in in some ways. Uh, the things that are happening from the from the board there, we're we're, we're trying to step up the communications because education is is key on this. And um, for example, in Ottlesford, since we uh, we've we've seen the increase in infections. We've had Advans touring uh, in Saffron Walden, Stansted and Dunmore. I don't know how many of you have seen them. There's been social media attention centrally from Essex. And we have then recently had the, uh, uh, the top social media en engagement uh, in, in the county uh, as, as a result of that. So the comms are, are vital to, to, to get the message out and to try to slow down the spread uh, because obviously the implications that there will be, there will be further lockdown measures if we are uh, unsuccessful. And so we need to get the messages over. I'll, I'll, I'll just go, go through the, the headlines of them. We need to follow the guidance of hands, face and space. We're all aware of that. Self-isolate if we experience symptoms, get a test. Uh, if experiencing symptoms, reduce social contact where possible, work from home where you can, and avoid public transport where possible. And so for members, I think it's important we all are play our part and try to get those over. So I could ask of you what any, what any member can do and what we should do is to share this message, these messages as widely as possible, and across all of the age groups, using community networks uh, as, as best you can uh, and uh, try to model that correct behaviour. We, we all have a responsibility to, to, uh, to behave as we would wish others to behave. Um, I think that really completes my message on that, Mr Chairman. Uh, obviously happy to take questions on that or any other subject. Are there any uh, questions for the chairman? Uh, please indicate. Okay. I can't. Three chair, there's three. Yep, sorry, I can't see them at the moment. For some okay. uh, I think Gary LeCount was first. The okay. first council was LeCount. Well, well done, thanks. Gary, can you go first? Yes, I will. I, I, I saw you can hear me. I'm, not, I'm unmuted, am I not? Um, yeah. I'd like to ask the leader. I mean, the fact is that... Uh, We've seen the massive problems with the IT situation with monitoring in the last week or so. And I've looked at these figures and I'm rather surprised that in actual fact Stansted 
And I've just wondered how much Stansted Airport has a, a bearing on those figures. Um, are they in any shape or form bearing on the figures? Or you don't people it's, arrive, it, John? No, it's absolutely not the case. The um, the incidences that are being reported are based on the residential address of those people who have tested positive. So. Um, it is very, very unlikely that that is an airport issue and would be uh, tiny. Because bearing in mind that 80% of the people who work at the airport don't actually live in Nicholsworth. So it's, it's a difficult one to, to, to prove. Indeed, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. But, but the technicality is that it is, it is not diagnosed, not even diagnoses within the district, such as the Stansted Airport Testing Centre, as I said, it is the residential addresses of those people who have tested positive. Have you got the, have you got the map now, Chair, or do you want some help? No, I'm okay now, thank you. Come on. Uh, Councillor Bart, thank you. Councillor Bart. Um, just to ask the leader, um, a couple of my parish councils have been sort of tempted to go back to real meetings. Could we reinforce the message with parish councils, please, that... Uh, for the time being, they should stay virtual. I think that's an extremely good point. And without having to send an email, I can ask our community's portfolio holder, Councillor Day, to uh, to put that onto his action list. Thank you. That's a good, oh, point. Uh, good point. I'll do that, Chair. Thank you, Paul. Uh Councillor Reeve. Yes, thank you, uh, uh, Chair. Uh, question, do we know the individual, or does the council know the individual postcodes of the people that are uh, tested positive, or just the area, just the overall uh, area of the 7,000 or so? No, no, uh, thank you, uh, Neil, yes, no, they do know the individual postcodes of all of the uh, positive tests, and I sort of refer back to what I was saying earlier, uh, as a result of this, as they would do with any outbreak, whether they were looking at food, food poisoning or tuberculosis, they would check for links, they would check for uh, a, an outbreak, and the, that they have done, and they have been unable to find those links. And also, just to add something I, I would have liked to have said earlier, uh, Mike Gogarty, who is the... Um, um, Essex Public Health uh, Director was very complimentary about the work that public health officers were carrying out in Ottersford. Good. Councillor Cascone? Yes, uh, are we moving into questions, the executive, or is uh, we, waiting? You are actually the last one, and seeing that we're you're right. last one. We're five minutes into it, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was, member, that was that questions for you, uh, Councillor Lodge. You want, you want to ask, well, um, for members of the Cabinet and the Executive, is that right, Councillor Chris Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's great to hear that the administration is continuing the Conservative-led investment into Chesterford Research Park, which we'll be considering this evening. Whilst it's being put forward by the Cabinet Member for Investments, are we right then to assume that the Cabinet Member for Finance is supportive of increased investment there? Well, can I just say that in a moment, I was going to ask the cabinet members to provide some updates and maybe uh, if we do that, then you can come back. Is that okay? I'm more than happy with that, Chair. Yeah. And on that point, um, Councillor Kate and Councillor Barker, Councillor Dean, would you hold on for a bit?
to give them an opportunity just in case that you, you may be preempting. <laughs> Is that okay? So I'm going to uh, ask. Sure. Yes. Sure. Um, we've moved on. I had one more, one question of my own that was keeping my eye on things. Sorry. Is this Councillor Lodge? Yeah, it's the Council Lodge, and it's on, on the last subject, please. Okay. Um, leader, I read in the on my phone just now that uh, the government have put thirty million aside for COVID marshals. Will we be trying to uh, access that money, or are we still going along the lines that we're not really uh, into COVID marshals? I will. Uh, I'll have to take that away and come back to uh, Councillor Coote. I'm not not updated on that at the moment. I'm afraid. Okay, so that, that, is there any further questions for Councillor Lodge? Councillor Kate and Councillor Barker, Councillor Dean, for Councillor Lodge? No, no, no. Well, I, I have a question for Councillor Lodge, but not on this topic. Would you, well, let, go ahead then, Councillor Dean. All right. Okay. Uh, unless it's going to come up, obviously, later. No, I don't think so. Okay. My question relates to the local plan chairman. I'm sure we're all alarmed at the prospect of an early planning application at Eastern Park for the building of 1,200 homes immediately adjacent to the Dunmo Northwest Bypass. Even worse would be that the landowner proposes to build on land that was designated for a country park in the now withdrawn local plan. The devastated were the country park to be lost for all time as a result of the council's decision to pull the plug on the eastern park settlement. So my questions relate to two letters in 2019, letters whose existence I was unaware of until a month ago. The first one's from the planning inspectorate dated the 11th of June 2019. It addresses the council as follows. We're aware that most of the elected councillors, including the leader of the council, are described as residents for Uttlesford on the council's website. We note that residents for Uttlesford made representations about the plan. They raised some significant concerns about the plan. At the examination, we will ask the council to confirm whether it continues to think that it has a submitted plan. Alternatively, if the council no longer supports key aspects of the plan it has submitted, the appropriate action will be considered withdrawing the plan from examination in July. We will be grateful for the council to reply by close of play on the 27th of June. Mr. Chairman, the, the right on, on the, the, the inspector's deadline, right on the inspector's deadline, the chief executive replied as follows. The council discharged its duty at full council on the 9th of October 2018. Is, is this a question or a statement? I'm just beginning the background. During this meeting, the council agreed that the local plan was ready for submission to the Secretary of State. The answer to that question is that the council has made a decision and therefore the matter won't be redetermined and there are no plans to revisit it. So my questions to Councillor Lodge are, why were all members not made aware of this correspondence at the time? They might have chosen to call an extraordinary council meeting to reconsider the decision. If they had mostly not been kept in the dark about the inspector's challenging letter. And secondly, with hindsight, with the benefit of hindsight, and especially in view of the looming crisis 
over a probably near doubling of required housing numbers since 2019. The shocking news about Eastern Park, to which I've already referred, why didn't residents for Uttlesford seek to improve the then local plan last year instead of wasting lots of money and time and 18 months during which an improved plan could already be well underway. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Okay, at Castle Lodge. I wasn't aware the letter was kept um, private. I think it was publicised. There were there, there were lots of comment in the uh, in the press about it. Mr. Harbour may uh, recall better than I do. Uh, I don't Harbour. think so. Mr. Harbour, are you there? Yes, Chairman, I am. Um, I, I think I'd need to reply to that in, in writing. I can't remember exactly uh, how much publicity there, there was to the letter and to the response. Um, the, uh, the, the matter was referred to in uh, when the, uh, the local plan examination opened uh, and uh, the point was from the inspectors was directly addressed by council retained by uh, the local planning authority um, at that point. Well, that was three weeks or four weeks later. That's why I raise it. Thank you. I think, uh, thank you. Councillor Dean, can I uh, maybe ask, because it was quite a, a long, uh, that, that you put it in writing to uh, the uh, to Council Lodge would be an appropriate way to deal with that at this point. Um, you've had the answers so far. Um, I note um, really uh, with interest that you haven't made one point that the plan failed from the inspector's point of view, which was a fundamental uh, point that you that you seem to have missed. The inspector threw out the plan. It's not, it's not relevant to the questions I'm asking. Well, it, I'm afraid it is. It's as if you you blamed some you blame people for uh, something that's happening now, without referring to the fact that the, the plan had failed. Yeah, but 18 months were wasted. That's the point I'm trying to make, and we should have seen the letter at the time. A decade was wasted, Councillor Dean. Melvin, K uh, Councillor Caton. Councillor Caton, are you Do you want to talk? Is there a, do you have a question, Councillor Caton? Yeah, yes, well, I'm sorry, Mr Chairman, I got to unmute myself. Um, my question is to Councillor Armstrong. As he as he's aware, um, in Stansted we are, have started talking about a sports strategy, uh, much needed new facilities in the uh, area and the district. Uh, and I'm just wondering whether he can give me some idea about what the criteria for the uh, bids to the £450,000 fund for uh, sports facility are okay. going to be? I'll let you take this one. Um, I was still actually on Councillor Lodge's questions, but if you, okay. if Councillor Armstrong, you want to take it, I, I didn't want to stop you halfway through. It wasn't until you were well into it that I realised where you were going. So, uh, Councillor Armstrong, could you answer that? And then I'm going to move on to the... To the, to the committee chairs to see if they've got anything to report and then we can take it from there. Sorry, uh, Councillor King. Councillor uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Chair. I'm more than happy to answer that. Uh, we were going to set up originally a 
a forum in February of this year, but unfortunately uh, that was postponed because of COVID. Uh, I did meet, I set up a meeting uh, with councillors Caton, Caton and Daniel Brett when the leisure centre was reopened. Uh, I did mention that Stansted would no longer be the poor relation of the area and that it would get its fair share of any funds that were available. Uh, obviously, I asked them to get their interested parties together. I didn't want to try to answer the same question to 15 different councillors. Uh, to come up with uh, a plan, a priority, a joint approach, basically to put some work into the question rather than just asking the question. Uh, I've since been asked a number of different times in a number of different ways what the criteria is. And as I reply to all of these, the criteria for a football pitch is completely different to the criteria for a netball pitch. So until I get some positive uh, questions, I can't really give definitive answers, but I will look at it, but it does need to have a plan and it does need to be presented properly. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Barker, can I just ask the, the, um, the, the, uh, for a report from members of the Cabinet? Yes, of course, it's for other Cabinet members. Uh, okay. I, thank, thank you. you. I, saw the, I just saw that your hand go up again. Um, so, um, are there any uh, other announcements or matters of report from, cap, from the Cabinet? Is there any, anybody, any, any, any other reports? Sorry, Chair. I think um, it's Councillor Lee. Do you want to respond to that as well? Uh, no, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I just wanted to respond to Councillor Dean's point, if I may. I quickly went through old emails, and that letter was sent out to all councillors on the twenty seventh of the sixth, two thousand and nineteen. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, is there any uh, other announcements? of report from members of the Cabinet? No. Just because I've got so many hands up from before, I don't think... Uh, Councillor Can, do you, do you want to ask you, a specific, specific men, men, uh, sorry, question to Councillor Lodge, or is it um, an, a general question to the Cabinet? It's a general question to the Cabinet. It's actually specific to Councillor Barker. I think that's what Councillor Barker wants as well. Is that right? Yeah. So I'll start with Councillor Barker then. Thank you, Chairman. Um, two very quick questions, if I could. One is a comment, uh, a tiny correction. Um, I'd like to thank Councillor... Just repeat that. You, it's not coming through too well, Councillor. Sorry. Um, one is a very slight correction. So I'd like to thank Councillor Dave for his very comprehensive report. Just to point out that it's not a combined voluntary services in It's the Council for Voluntary Services. It's a slightly different thing. It's not bringing all the charities together. It's supporting all the charities. So for just for the record, if that could be corrected. And the second question, please, to Councillor Eek. Um, Councillor Driscoll brought up at the local highways panel the issue of match funding to highways panel projects. Back in 2018, when the Conservatives were setting the budget, they asked officers to put aside £100,000 for potential match funding towards local highways panel schemes. Unfortunately, the County Council that year and the subsequent year have not actually offered that match funding scheme, which is why Ucclesford has not been asked for that money. However, I have today spoken to the Chairman of the Local Highways Panel and to the Cabinet Member for Highways, and I'd just like to offer Councillor Eek the opportunity to offer that money up 
for next year, not on a match funding basis, but just on the basis that more local highways funding schemes could be done next year if there was an additional £200,000 in the plot. I know you can to that, but a written answer would be appreciated. Chair, Councilor. may I comment on this, please? Okay. Yes. Councillor Hardwick. Um, the process is that Essex asks Uttlesford for the cash. They didn't do that in the previous financial year, so £100,000 was not spent. It was in our reserves. We've now got another £100,000, as Councillor Barker notes, so it's now £200,000. It's not a case of us offering it up. It's a case of Essex, the highways panel, presenting the stuff to others with the finance team, and the finance team pay the bill. So it's, it's from the Essex no, side. No, no, because, sorry, the, Councillor Hargreaves, because um, there was no match funding, we were not going to ask you for the bill. We weren't putting in £100,000 from Essex, so we weren't going to ask you for match funding. All I'm saying is you now have a reserve or revenue of £200,000, and I am just offering that if you wish to put that into the highways panel, to augment the highways panel, hot, there more schemes to be delivered, we would welcome it. Excellent. We're all on the same, t same. yes, we'd love to spend it, yes. Could you guys communicate <laughs> that with each other on that to make sure that happens? That's, uh, thank you, Councillor Marker. Thank you if, for if, that. If I may, because the question was uh, directed at me. Sorry, I meant um, to come back just, to you. Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you for the question, Councillor Barker. Uh, yes, um, we will be looking at that, no doubt about it, um, because uh, highways, uh, as you know, the, the uh, schemes in, in Uttlesford are few and far between. So, yeah, we will be looking at that. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Khan. Councillor Khan. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, Couple of questions to Councillor Pepper, and I do also have a, a sort of uh, supplementary back to Councillor Armstrong. But I'll take these uh, questions to Councillor Pepper first of all. Um, Councillor Pepper, we are in Black History Month. Uh, could yes. you tell me what we are doing uh, from Uttlesford District Council's perspective to promote Black History Month? That's the first question. Uh, the second question is that we have, and we've all worked hard to circulate the program for equality training. Um, to all councillors. Can you tell me if all councillors have signed up for that, please? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I haven't got that particular um, information at hand, but I'll, I'll find out for you and I'll let you know. Could you come um, back and let all councillors know uh, which ones are still outstanding? Because I think that's a statutory requirement for us. We do need to make sure that all councillors attend that specific piece of training. Right, okay. Um, and as far as the Black History Month, obviously we're looking at hopefully hosting our first um, listening events. Um, I'll actually get on to um, our communities um, offices and have a look to see what other information, what else that we can put on our um, website to highlight the fact that it is Black History Month. You and I can engage in this conversation as well. I'd like you know, obviously, to have more conversation on this. Um, but again, I think that's a very important point that you've raised. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Councillor Khan. Could, uh, could, uh, could, I nearly said Councillor Walter, could, uh, Flo, could, could you speak? You wanted to speak about this. If that's okay, I'd like to um, say something as to the Youth Council's position on this. Um, the Youth Council has established a new working group for equality, inclusion and diversity. 
and we're collaborat- collaborating with various local arts providers, including like the town council and um, sorry, the town library, um, mm-hmm. where we're having a um, display of BAME uh, writers, oh, nice. um, which should be taking place this month. Okay, well, get, get in touch with me, Florence, and I'm happy to try and maybe advertise that on our website. Well, that would be so brilliant. that would be I'd something that. that we can highlight. So please get in touch, email me. Okay. I will, thank okay? you. Back to Councillor Khan. Thank you. Uh, Chair, if I may just may say that every single local authority in the country is promoting um, Black History Month, um, and I'm just surprised that we've not done more. Um, so that's my comment, thank you. If it's, if it's helpful, um, um, Ms. Walter, I'll be happy to um, um, be there to promote it uh, with Councillor Pepper, if that's helpful. Okay. Thank you. C- Councillor Khan, back to, is that, are you finished? Sorry, Councillor Khan. Yes, I, I just wanted to make a comment uh, to uh, Councillor Armstrong um, in response to his question or feedback to Councillor Caton. I mean, the key thing really is, is that we just don't know what your thinking is. So you need to clearly articulate what your thinking is so we can then go away and formulate a response. I suspect that might now happen, but if you're keeping information to yourself and not um, communicating, how do we know? We can't second guess what your thinking is. And I do think that we have to be an open and transparent council and publish the criteria for allocating that money. That is an essential. Okay. Yeah, if you'd like me to respond to that. The, the previous sports strategy, which the council very quickly put together and put into the failed local plan, uh, I have since discovered that it hasn't been uh, circulated to every parish, town and district councillor to actually have a look and offer some feedback. So what I propose to do tomorrow is to send that out as it stands to everybody and invite comments back from that. Uh, there's no point me telling Elsinham that they need to have a rugby pitch or telling Barnston that they need to have netball unless it's not a local, uh, a local need. So I won't set any hard and fast rules. I want to look at where the money can be best spent and more importantly, how the community can get involved in raising funds and matching funds and that's what we'll do. Trust me, it won't all go into one place as may have happened in the past. Thank you. Are you good, Councillor Khan? If I may, that's very helpful. And, and we just need to know your thinking. So that's great. Thank you. Councillor Kaskani. welcome. Thank you, Chair. I'm happy to repeat the, the first question that I had. Uh, as I said, great to see that the administration is continuing with the Conservative-led investment in Chester no. Research Park. Uh, whilst it's being put forward by the Cabinet Member for Investments, are we right to assume that the Cabinet Member for Finance is supportive of increased investment there? The Sorry, Chair, for agrees. The short answer is yes, of course. The slightly longer answer is that this will be one, this research part will be one of uh, eight investments around the country on the current plans. As you know, we've got still some more to do to fill up the 300 million. So it might not be eight, it might be nine or whatever. So it'd be one, one of eight. And the additional money, the 17.4 million, uh, will take Chesterfield Research Park up to about 25% of the total. So, of course, the issue uh, previously was not there was anything wrong with Chesterfield Research Park. It's been very good. 
but it was it was 100% of the investments and in one sector, admittedly spread across lots of different tenants. Uh, so it makes a very good um, part of a uh, balanced portfolio going up to £300 million. Uh, and I hope we'll all vote for the uh, motion later on in the, in the meeting. Thank you. It's very, very helpful to understand your position. Um, I'm slightly confused, though, by your response, insofar that on the two votes on Chesterford Research Park and the Council's investments prior to your administration, i.e. in the last one, Conservative administration, you abstained and you voted against proposals. Uh, in both of those, it was either the £100 million allocation of funds towards investments or indeed specifically at Chesterford Research Park. What's changed? Is it the fact that it wasn't, uh, that, it's, that it's now your decision to be made and that you didn't fancy going along with the Conservative vision for Chesterford Research Park? Um, can you accept now what perhaps you couldn't before, that this investment is sound? I think, Councillor Hargreaves, did you explain that? Because you're now spread betting. I could indeed. And the issue previously was uh, that, that it was just the one investment and we were carrying mm-hmm. some money to one place. And that's, that's what was said at the time. Uh, and that would still be the case if we were building it up and just carrying on putting it into Chesterfield Research Park. Of course, we have now uh, sp- spread. Uh, yes, we are spread betting, I suppose, that would be the, 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 the correct position. Uh, so the issue was uh, that it was all going into one thing. And at that point, um, we should have been putting money into other things. And that has now been dealt with. Uh, so um, that position, I think, at the time was correct. Circumstances have now changed. We've moved on. And the world has changed. And if the world changes, you change your opinion. Thank you. Councillor Light. Point of order, Chair. Apologies. We've um, surpassed the 15-minute mark on these questions. Yeah, if I can maybe bring... I'll I'll, I'll allow... I've had the light on for a bit very quickly because it's going to be a long night. Um, Unless... If anybody's already... If anything... If anybody's got the hand up that's already covered, um, uh, please get get the hand down. But whatever happens, if we can keep it brief now, I would appreciate it. Councillor Light... Thank you, Chair. Yes, I have two questions, uh, and I'll keep them brief. Um, one was, is actually to the leader. Uh, my hand has been up for a long time. and um, yeah, I have. Yes, so probably didn't notice me. Um, so, um, Councillor Lodge, uh, you, you and um, Councillor Evans met with Landsec, and you sent uh, a letter, which is much appreciated that you uh, sent us the information that you had met with them uh, to discuss details of the development. Could you, this could be seen actually as preemptive to a planning application, as in favouring Lansac. Could you please um, send the details and the minutes of the meetings? Could you circulate those? That's, uh, that's a simple request, actually, rather than a question. Um, I don't know if you want to respond, or I'll move on to my second question to Councillor Pepper. Um, I don't... Councillor Lodge, you're... Oh, yeah, no, I was just, uh, I was just going for a, a longer-term mute rather than the space bar. Uh, yeah, so look at, look at the uh, um, sending the minutes of the meeting. It was largely contained in the letter that went out. I don't think there's, there's much else that, um, that occurred there. So um, did you have a second point to me, or were you going on to ask a question of another Cabinet member? 
Okay, well, I'll just, just finish off there because I need to follow up on Councillor Hargreaves' point, um, which was that um, um, <laughs> Councillor Cristiani, as he's wont to, immediately wade, wades in to make uh, political points. Uh, the, of course. At uh, the first of, of the uh, evening. Um, <laughs> the issue about investment was that... Um, as, as they left power, they, they, they left a, a three and a half million gap in uh, year four of the next administration. And so uh, it was this administration which came along and produced a balanced portfolio. And whilst he's very proud of uh, the Chesterford Research Park, other proposals were put to, um, uh, put to cabinet members to diversify and for them to try to make up that gap. Uh, but uh, they refused to do it. So it was very much that this new administration took up the baton strongly and uh, made it happen. On another point, then, just coming back to uh, time, and I'm sorry it's taking time, but I'm going to make it, and that is that Councillor Dean, uh, for some strange reason, many months, uh, in fact a year and a half after his um, uh, allegations of some kind of misdemeanour, has proved to be completely wrong. The letter he was talking about was uh, publicised completely at the time. He probably took about three or four minutes of that with his prolonged question. Mr Chair, I hope you'll be able to keep him in uh, in check a little bit in the future and try and be more efficient uh, with this part of the meeting. Thank you. Well, we'll, we'll see. But we have to have it. People have to have the democratic uh, uh, go at things. Councillor Driscoll. Yes, Chair, thank you. Uh, I'm not quite sure who this question will be um, addressed to, so maybe whoever it is could just answer. It's about the, the motion we passed on fireworks. Um, we were to encourage displays to be, I think I've got advertised down there, promote public awareness and encourage the same and campaign for quieter fireworks. I've seen nothing on the website. I've had no circulars. Uh, I think we're around about four weeks away from the next five although they may not happen, I admit, because of uh, COVID. Thank you, Chair. Do we want to respond to that? And Can I, Chairman, on the basis of my motion? Of course. Um, I, subsequent to a question from Councillor Pavitt, have received confirmation from the Chief Executive, both in uh, verbally and via email. Um, to say that that will begin very shortly and that our intention is to uh, publish um, a public awareness campaign on social media and through the council's website very shortly. Thank you. One of the things yeah. that, that yeah. struck me was people are going out to buy them now, Councillor Cusconi. That's the, the, so with, uh, uh, with the people that, that can do something about this really have to move with haste. Yeah. The, shop, the shops are actually filling up and people are buying it now and they'll be very upset if they can't... Uh, yeah. Chair, could I just uh, sorry, sorry. remind you that uh, the only person who has spoken who wasn't given the second question was uh, Councillor Light, and I think everybody else down there has got their hands up and spoken before, I have to say. No, it's all right. I'm, I'm bringing it to you. Um, Councillor Light. Thank you. Thanks for that, Councillor Coote. And, and can I just, um, um, re just request that the minutes uh, of that uh, meeting are sent out to all councillors, please. Uh, Councillor Pepper. Um, thank you for the report. 
and uh, very interesting as always, full of information as you regularly send round um, informative emails. Um, I've got the two points here, really. One is um, that I'd like to have the details of the budget. I'm delighted to hear that a million pounds has been allocated to um, to the climate change budget, which is fantastic news. Um, what will we actually be spending that on? One and um, the question really is how close are we to actually producing the strategy? Because we're 15 months in several meetings down and still we have no strategy so it's a two-part okay i'll answer the first one i'll answer is that i've asked i've requested for mark wilson to um put forward a couple of projects that he think well he thinks that we could possibly consider um that we could look for investment as far as how we could spend the money um, so once he's put forward a list of some some ideas, what what I'll do is I'll forward it to the climate working group to have a look and a discussion, um, and then we will discuss and decide whether or not you know again this is going to be a democratic decision. It's very important again that if anybody um, because again once we've got this list together and our climate working group can have a discussion over it, um, we can consider other projects that we might think might be worthwhile. So then we can put forward another list that will go to all councillors and all the parish and town councils as well. Because again, it's very important, like I said, that this is going to be a democratic decision because it's, you know, this is taxpayers' money. So we want to make sure it's going to be invested wisely. So, you know, again, that's something that's very important as well. So, um, before, you know, I go ahead and put my suggestions forward, I would like to hear what other people, you know, members or suggestions that people have as well. But obviously I've asked Mark Wilson, who's our climate energy expert, to, to give us some idea to start with. So that that's... Sorry. No, no, so that anybody can ask me any more questions, but that's what I've done at this stage. Um, and as far as our climate strategy, the draft is meant to be ready for our climate working group as well in October. So that, again, should be the draft should be, you know, ready for our climate working group again to, to, look, at, to look at it, review it, discuss it and put any other, you know, comments um, back, you know, to Mark, you know, that we, we feel that, you know, we could make improvements on. Thank you, Councillor. So Thank that's you. Uh, October as well as. So, we, um, we, if there's got, any other questions, yeah. Uh, we we have just, if I can say to all the councillors, we've got a packed meeting tonight. Um, if this is going to be a ping pong about something that's just been said in the last ten minutes, I would ask you to put your hands down. If it's not, uh, please ask your questions very quickly. We've gone over a long. We've gone really quite over over time here. Councillor Khan. Uh, thank you, Chair. I'll be very brief. Uh, in July's council meeting, we spoke about the job losses at Stansted Airport. Uh, it's a question really to Councillor Lodge. Uh, what have you done uh, about that in the sense of talking to partners, in particular uh, uh, Stansted Airport? Uh, and given the news that we've had recently about further job losses by MAG, uh, what is our approach here at UDC, please? Some, uh, so, some of you may have heard my comments on uh, Essex Radio this week. 
uh, on the announcement of further job cuts. Obviously, we'll be looking at this in our recovery plan, but uh, it would be rather more helpful if uh, MAG concentrated on the job losses rather than wasting enormous amounts of time and many millions on an inquiry. Okay. Uh, very briefly, if you would, Councillor Dean, you know what we have ahead of us. Thank you. You, 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 you muted yourself. Perhaps somebody's muted you. <laughs> what? It's a plotting. <laughs> You've done it again. Right. Um, my, my question's a supplementary one to the one from Councillor Light, really. if When the, an action plan is put together, will it be founded on audited evidence of where the council and district is now in terms of its carbon footprint? where it needs to get to and what needs to be done to get there. In other words, not just a, a collection of things without any clarity as to why. But can I ask him that that could possibly go be a written response tonight, given the time? Would you accept that, Councillor Dean, Councillor Pepper? Please. All right, then. A written, a written response and circulated to us all. Councillor um, Day. Oh. Sorry. Thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, uh, I do apologise. I'd just like to go back to two points to um, let everybody know what is actually happening. One that Councillor Barker raised about um, her local parish councils uh, wanting to revert back to uh, uh, normality and also the fireworks um, subject. Well, on the 15th of last month, Local Council Liaison Forum uh, is held twice a year. Uh, that's when the press councils uh, attend. They had a quite a hefty briefing uh, from our chief executive on both of those matters, and she certainly gave a very strong hint on both of them. Certainly, that the parish council should not go back um, to old star meetings and the fireworks situation. Um, she also uh, made very strong hints it shouldn't take place. Yeah. Um, that the strict six um, person rule should be complied with, and the parish councils in the best position to know in their own um, corners of the uh, district. But it will be reinforced. Um, my officers in communities. Um, and the environmental uh, health officers will take this on board. We haven't sent anything out yet because basically it's a little bit too early. If you send stuff out weeks and weeks and weeks before, it all gets forgotten um, and people go back uh, to normalities. But uh, I would assure everybody that it is going to be uh, dealt with um, and uh, my community section will actually deal with it. Thank, Thank you, Chair. Can, can, can I, uh, Councillor Pepper, is it, uh, do you have your hands up, sir, or are you responding to something? Do you want to speak quickly, really quickly? I was just going to say, um, you know, to Councillor Khan's response, that I personally have um, uh, 
written to Kimmy um, about um, unemployment issues. Um, partly it was also down to a local resident who asked me to do so, but mm-hmm. I do consider this a, a serious concern. So I'm happy to circulate that letter if anybody would like to have a look at it. Thank you um, But it is to do with um, continuing the furloughing scheme. So Perhaps you could put that um, on, on, the, on the, the circulation list. Yeah. Okay. Um, finally, Councillor Cook, I'm not taking any more questions on in this yeah, period. It's a, reply, it's a reply, Chair, to Councillor Khan. Uh, I've met with Unite Union, which obviously are the biggest union that stands to, to talk about the job losses on two occasions. Um, his colleague uh, in the Liberal Democrats was with me, actually, from Hertfordshire, and we had a very constructive meeting. Uh, Councillor Neil Reeve uh, has also been with me on a, on a Zoom meeting talking to Unite. And we put forward, obviously, um, what we think is a, a very constructive response to the job losses through Unite. And we have, uh, in our own way, tried to help them to uh, find ways of perhaps talking to MAG and look at uh, job losses being down to a minimum. And, they, and Unite meet uh, every week, which uh, I go along to. So I'd invite uh, Councillor Khan and any of his colleagues to come along and meet them. They're, they're a good old lot. Uh, and we enjoy ourselves. Very difficult times ahead for the, for the people that are working there. I can see an announcement just came out, I think, today. 800 job losses between Stansted and Manchester. Very worrying times. Uh, thank you. I'm going to move on now. Um, now, as no matters have been referred to from the executive or the council's committees, and no matters have been received about joint arrangements and external all organisations. So I'm just going to move on to item seven. Uh, if you could stand by, Councillor Reeve. I now invite Councillor Reeve to present the report for information regarding the investment opportunity. It's open to comment uh, if there are any. Uh, this is not. This is for noting, not approving. Uh, Councillor Reeve. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, I think the only point I want to, to make here, I think you've all uh, read the paper, I hope you have, is that this is uh, an action that we needed to make uh, with speed uh, in relation to the investment that's referred to there. And of course, we shouldn't mention that by name. And uh, the, um, uh, the issue was that we needed to give a sort of 48-hour turnaround on that. So it was decided uh, to do that. Uh, It's definitely in the advantage of the council, the outcome that's there. And so basically this paper is for information and I would hope you would uh, treat it as such. But uh, uh, questions if necessary. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good. I now invite Councillor Kurt, Chair of Governance Review Working Group, to provide an update report on the ongoing governance review. Yes, thank you, Chair. I would uh, just put my hand up. I wanted to speak to item seven or item eight on the investment. Could you hold on on a moment? Sorry, Councillor Cook. Councillor Sell, it it wasn't up when I looked, but it's up now. Thank you. Um, Sorry, I didn't realise it's going to be that quick. Um, I'm trying trying All I will say is that. We, this is thoroughly discussed in the investment board. I put the point then, and I put it now. M- mustn't that, use any 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 names. I'm not doing any names, chair. Uh, uh, apart from Councillor Foley, um, but an ethical code of conduct. Uh, we have. My understanding is that 
from the Director of Finance that we will not have tenants at Chesterfield Research Park who experiment on animals. Fine, I agree with that. But my point is, as we're going towards the full cycle of our 300 million, I do think that we as a council need to have a think like the Church of England and many other bodies, universities. May, may I interrupt, please? Point of order. I think this isn't actually the topic which is being discussed now. No. Okay. Uh, well, I, it was I, another. I, I, I see how you've made the, the mistake, but um, uh, it's not. It, it was another um, one. And I thought you were going to mention the name. That's why I said. No, 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 no. Sorry, Councillor Sal. Okay. Perhaps if you've got a question um, you want to, or, or, a, or, a, or a point of view regarding that, you could maybe write to Councillor Neve and then we can circulate it away from the meeting if you don't mind. Thank you. Uh, right. Um, sorry, I've got myself. So, um, we, is there, there's no more, I see there's nobody else wanting to comment on that. Um, I now invite Kent Baxter, Councillor Cook, Chair of Governance Review, Working Group, if you would like to uh, bring us up to date. Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. I think everybody has got the minutes from the last uh, committee meeting. I hope you've had time to read them. It was a, it's been a difficult time, I think, for myself as Chair. I found it very difficult uh, with the lack of uh, resources and funds. Obviously, I took on board that I personally and most other people had voted to uh, take the... Um, the money situation very serious, that uh, the finances were, were pretty grim. And I was certainly of a mind that we would take a bit longer on governance than uh, perhaps I would have wished. We discussed that at governance, and certainly there were some good suggestions from uh, other councillors, including uh, Councillor Sell, who um, volunteered with myself to look into coming forward with uh, a presentation that would perhaps not be as expensive as my own preference would have been. Uh, I certainly put forward at the beginning that we would use a lot of officers' time and a lot of resource. Looking at uh, the time, the corporate plan and the delivery, uh, we, I had to accept as chair that we could not afford that at that time. Obviously, our finances have improved and I intend to obviously talk through with the, uh, the executive some more funds to come forward and uh, look more deeply into the governance situation at UDC. I certainly have quite a few ideas of my own, and I'm pretty certain that uh, Councillor Sell uh, does too. I think that uh, maybe looking back in hindsight, which is very easy to do really, perhaps we've concentrated too much on the governance of a change of total uh, turnaround really, I suppose going backwards. And that is what was certainly talked in Saffron Walden and in uh, in uh, Uttlesford uh, for many many years, I suppose, to go back to the what was uh, seen as uh, I suppose the preferred option, going back to where we had more people representing what I would call all parties on the committee system. Having looked at that. I certainly was of a mind that we needed to run in line, sort of a shadow cabinet, to have a look at what sort of things we would have changed. That obviously was too expensive. Looking through what I now conceive, I suppose, as changes in governance that we could make, uh, and quite quickly, 
Um, I certainly have some ideas that I will run past the committee before I do at full council about other governance issues. I think the one that we're working with at the moment, the uh, enlarged cabinet system, certainly has some merits for looking at changing one or two points there. We obviously, as an administration, did try to offer opposition places on that cabinet, um, which rightly or wrongly were declined. Um, and I understand if I was in opposition, why I'd have declined it. So I'm not being critical. I'm, very, I'm just stating the facts. But I think we can, through governance, change one or two or perhaps several or eight or even ten uh, parts of the governance that are ruling at the moment within the uh, within the cabinet system and within the full council and bringing offices under that governance as well. There are some suggestions that I have. I will work with uh, Councillor Sell, as I said at the committee meeting, and Councillor Lees to bring those forward to committee as quickly as possible. I apologise to full council. It's taken us much longer than I would have thought. Um, but I, I don't want to hide behind uh, what I started off by saying. It's not me hiding. I'll always take responsibility. I truthfully thought we were too short of cash to uh, fulfil the obligation that I felt we had to do a full and thorough investigation into whether or not we uh, needed to change systems. Um, having looked at it very carefully, I think that we can come up with a system that is slightly better. Uh, and now there are more resources. I'll be talking to, obviously, Councillor Hargraves and others about uh, resources. That's it, really, Chair. Councillor Cam, this is um, uh, obviously for noting. Um, oh, uh, Councillor Cam. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, just a just general comment, actually. Uh, so, thank you, Councillor Cook. It's a very honest and open, frank appraisal of where you're at, and it's very much appreciated. But my comment really is that actually there is a wholesale uh, movement to move from the current cabinet to a committee system that you instigated and we were all square behind you. We were disappointed at the last meeting when a proposal from R4U almost seemed like a U-turn to pause or cancel the whole thing, call it for the day, kick it into long grass was presented. But I'm pleased that Lib Dems managed to help change and support you in changing your mind as well as uh, uh, Councillor Lees, who is uh, shaking her head from a sedentary position, may I say. So um, I do think um, we need to move on with it. We're behind you. Um, I'd like to give you my support, as I did at the meeting, and I know that Councillor Sell has uh, as well. Thank you. Councillor Sell. Thank you, Chair. I, I just start by saying that I don't doubt the sincerity of his wish to reform by Councillor Coote. And I made the offer, which I repeat tonight, that I am quite happy to work with him in trying to review the system. On my point at the governance group, I think one thing that one learns pretty quickly, be careful what you read in the press. Uh, I'm sure we all welcome the return of the Warden Local. Looking at last week's edition, I see uh, something about the residence charter where the details include huge strides made in commitment to review and improve the poor cabinet system of the previous administration. Well, um, that huge strides, uh, I'm not sure how one defines it, but I, I think that is taking poetic license. And I took the view at that meeting, there was a bit of mixed messages going on. 
Uh, I felt sorry for Councillor Coop because I didn't think he was treated fairly. Uh, I know I take his word that he tried to put the case for more resources. But when we put that question to Councillor Hargreaves, the finance portfolio holder, he said there was no problem within reason of resources. I made the point at that meeting, there seemed to be a lack of political will. And we had the benefit of two cabinet members at the governor's meeting who seemed to me to be quite happy with the current system, the status quo. So I would hope that Councillor Coote is given the necessary resources and I'm a pleasure to work with him in the future. Thank, Thank you. you. I noticed Councillor Coote made the offer to work closely uh, with you, Councillor Sell, so that's good news. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Yes, thank you, Chairman. It's one of these strange things where um, I'm feeling an existentialist um, uh, transition here because I was present at the meeting um, and I don't recognise very much of what had been said about it. That could be my memory, it could be my age, I haven't ever read the minutes. I recognise the minutes and I commend them to other members of that committee to read the minutes and see whether they agree with them because they look okay to me. What I pointed out at that meeting was that this is a very rare chance that we have of actually changing the governance system of this council. It's something that should not be squandered and squandered was the word I used at that meeting several times because actually you're not going to get the chance again. Uh, and it does seem to me, having been over the documents that we've been presented with and the arguments, that it is within our grasp to make a useful and worthwhile change to the governance system of this council. Um, when I first came uh, uh, onto this administration, uh, I was fairly convinced that a committee system was the best. I'm now rather agnostic about that. I think there are merits to the cabinet system as well. But you can have, uh, without having to go out to a referendum, a cabinet system and a committee system, a hybrid, basically. They call it a hybrid. And that would be my personal recommendation was to try one of those. It doesn't matter in a way if it doesn't work very well. Of course, you can always go back. Nothing's cast in stone. But one thing is for certain. At the last meeting, it was almost as if we're going to stop. And that wasn't a suggestion of our view. It was actually a suggestion coming... I felt was coming down uh, from the uh, from the officer cadre that actually we're running out of money, we can't afford this anymore. That was the reading I took. Then upon closer examination, actually, there wasn't much cost involved. It's just officer time, that's important, obviously, and member time, which comes for free. We got that anyway. You know, we're here. Uh, and so I argued strongly that we should continue, and I think that was a correct argument, and I think we should bring this thing to a conclusion. And we should bring it to conclusion as soon as we possibly can, because the hybrid system, if that's what we're going with, uh, would take time to shake down, and it's unfair to impose it on the next administration, which is what would be the case if we wait very much longer. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lees. Uh, thank you. I'm going to be quick, Councillor Foley, uh, Chairman, if I may, because we are talking about something change. I would just like to clarify a couple of points. Um, I'd like to get on with council business instead of the political shenanigans, but I do have to say, um, 
I, a couple of people have mentioned about we were going to change, we were going to get rid of the cabinet system, we were going to go back to the committee system. If you look at our plan, our delivery plan, um, I cannot do it verbatim, but it goes something along the lines of assess, review and or change the cabinet system. That's what we've said in our delivery plan. That is what we're going to do. As I said before, at scrutiny and things seem to come up again. Um, nobody has said they wanted to stop. Nobody said anything like that. What they said was we had the biggest pandemic coming in this country ever. The plans beforehand involved um, having shadow cabinet meeting, having shadow committees. And at that time, the, the, uh, the cabinet meeting and the cabinet members are here, that officer time, at that time, when things were looking very tricky, we weren't sure what was going to go on. So therefore, we decided we'd make a decision to do something in March 22 instead of March 21. Nobody said about lack of resources. Nobody said about money. It was about the officer's time. Nobody wants to delay. We've put it in our delivery plan and it will happen. Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Yes, I've uh, just listened to these arguments and I have to say I share Councillor Coote's disappointment. I know him to be a long-standing uh, Democrat and an, uh, an ardent supporter of all things democratic. Um, it's unfortunate it has taken so long for an election promised actually to be made to, uh, to reach some conclusion and to make changes uh, in a system that, quite frankly, um, is not very um, democratic, I have to say that. Um, we're now looking towards 2022 for implementation, which um, or to complete um, perhaps the uh, any changes. And I think that is probably too late because we're looking at that in time for the next election. I had an, uh, an initial, um, an early conversation in uh, before the last election with um, the legal officer, and uh, he said that it was. Um, possible to make a change and to make it within a year. So and I thought that was a long time. So I am happy to be of service if I can work, uh, if you'd like me to work with you and uh, I'm happy to do so, Councillor Coote. So just call on me and let's move things forward to make the changes that we really need. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you. Uh, just really to follow up on Councillor Lee's comment on the financing. Uh, at the time that I believe that there was consideration of, of a problem with financing, we were at the stage that it was just a matter of making sure the staff salaries got paid. It was essential spending only. Anything else, whatever it is, had to be put to one side. Uh, circumstances have now changed, but that was, I think, the position at the time, quite legitimate. Uh, so there is no particular change now to the resource. And uh, I think to keep making that point about resource, I think is probably not very helpful. Okay, thanks. Councillor Pfeffer? Um, I just wanted to point out, being an ardent supporter of uh, a democratic system, is that um, my um, climate and emergency uh, subgroup uh, leaders are all cross-party. So I, you know, support that um, system. So just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, obviously there's been a lot of uh, discussion. I don't know if anybody, Councillor Sells put his hand up. I don't know if he wants to make another point before I respond. Councillor Sells, quick point, and then back to Councillor Kit. I think we've got to move on. There's not going to be a vote on this. This is uh, for information. 
Just a cell. Could you un- unmute yourself, please? Um, yeah, have, all I say, colleagues, is have a look at the minutes of the last governance meeting. Councillor Freeman is quite correct. I believe they're to be accurate. And that those views, I think, substantiate what I've said tonight. Thank you. Okay. Councillor Pepper, if you stand by. Councillor Cook, do you want to finish off or are you fine now? Uh, yes, I think uh, I must say two or three bits. Um, I'll be delighted to move this forward. And I was going to just respond to something that Councillor Lees and Councillor Hargraves uh, said, which was about resources. I think we did the right thing because at the time uh, it looked pretty grim. But I would uh, just take up one point. It wasn't either of them that talked to me about resources. It was Mr Pooh who screamed at my meeting, as I recall, we can't bloody well afford that, uh, to have all those officers uh, taking all that time for a shadow cabinet. I think those were words for words. I lost my temper and shouted back. But that's where the resource issue came in. Uh, So that's defending the committee that were there. And that was where it came from. It didn't come from Councillor Hargraves and it certainly didn't come from uh, RFU. It came from Mr Pooh. And the second point I'd make is that I will take up everybody's offer of help uh, and uh, we will work together to make this happen very, very quickly. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Kirk. Councillor Pepper, now, I now invite Councillor Pepper to present the Water Resources East report and its recommendations. I have Councillor Pepper who's going to propose it and standby Councillor Pavitt is going to second. Before the item is open to debate, do you wish to speak now or later? Councillor Pepper, I'll let you start. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Councillor Pavitt's detailed rivers and water motion clearly highlighted the need for Uttlesford to take urgent action to address water extraction and a disappearance of globally rare river habitats. Water River Rivers East offers the opportunity to become a member with the intention of membership meeting regularly and co creation solutions, working in partnership to safeguard a sustainable supply of water for the east of England, resilient to the future challenges in enabling the area's communities, environment and economy to reach their full potential. So obviously the recommendations are that the Uttlesford District Council applies to become a standard member of the Water Resources East. Um, The liability of the membership is limited to one pound which is the amount each member of the company will contribute to the assets of the company in the event of it being wound up. Um, So obviously, uh, um, WRE strategy is clear. There is very little risk involved. Water extraction and climate change has proven that water sustainability in extraction is a serious issue. Groundwater levels in the southeast are now at the lowest level ever recorded and Cambridgeshire's chalk streams remain a significant risk. We experienced a record-breaking dry start to the summer, which exacerbated local concerns with an estimated 40% increase in water usage due to COVID-19 restrictions. Given we have more housing growth for this region, I feel it is an absolute necessity to join forces with with our Water Rivers East ensuring we safeguard a sustainable supply of water for the east of England that is already under serious threat. Thank you. 
Councillor do you want to speak at this point? Yes, I'll speak. Thank you, Mr Chair. And then, then Councillor Barker, I, I see you're waiting. Yeah, I'll just speak briefly so that we can move on. Um, ju just to clarify, Water Resources East covers basically Cambridgeshire uh, and out to the, to the coastline um, and Bedfordshire and one or two other areas. It's very appropriate for us because most people tend to think of us as being in, a, in an Essex catchment, but we're not. Affinity Water, it supplies us draws their water from the chalk aquifer. And that chalk aquifer is something we have in common with Cambridge, because Cambridge water draws their um, water from that same aquifer. And that is the problem we're facing. It's, it's abstraction from the aquifer that we share with um, district councils, authorities, and, and water companies that are in the water resources east marketplace. So it's a very appropriate place for us to be. And I might just add that Having been present at a meeting there with the chair, who, who so the managing director, who I was very impressed with his his approach um, and his honesty, and that his honesty was there is no immediate solution. We have a problem. It's a long term problem, and it's one we're only going to be able to resolve on a number of fronts. One of which is you know uh, doing the right things on on planning uh, on water uh, usage in in properties and. Um, other, you know, other terms such as other policies such as that, as well as trying to um, bring the water companies on board to understand their role better in all of this. Thank you. Councillor Barker. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Chairman, I've got no problem with this. It seems uh, like a good grouping of people. What I'd just like to ask is that, is it intended that there is member representation on this forum or just officer representation? And if it's intended that there's member representation, shouldn't we sort that out tonight and just appoint Councillor Pepper to that outside body? I think that's a very good um, suggestion. But um, And Councillor Pevert as well. If yes, yes, of course. I think Councillor Pevert is crucial as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think um, uh, Councillor Lodge, uh, you may have something to say on that. Do you want to? Sorry, what, what, what precisely do you mean? Um, there was a suggestion from Councillor Barker that Councillor Pepper and or Councillor Pavitt sit on this um, board. What is it called? Water resources. It's, sort of, it's sort of a forum, forum. Yes. rather than a board. Yeah. I, I, I have no issue with that. I need to take advice on what the process was for that appointment. Councillor Pepper's advice was to give it to Councillor Pavel, as far as I can well, see. Well, no, but I'm saying a joint. No, joint. All right. Joint. All right. Yeah, um, joint. Are you both in agreement of that? Yeah. Unless somebody else, uh, unless somebody has, I think we've got broad agreement. Can you thumbs up everybody on this one? There was no vote, but I think just to get a good, there's no disagreement. Fine. Good. Right. Councillor Bagnall, if I can just go. Thanks, Chair. I just wanted to pick up on Councillor Pavitt's uh, meeting to uh, to did uh, did the um, uh, the meeting did it explore what those planning things were that you called out? So you said some sensible planning decisions. Did it, did it explain what sort of ideas that they might have had? I think that much along the lines of what's in common discussion these days, and that's you know grey water. 
uh, recycling um, devices in water systems and so forth that are a great deal more economic than what we have at the moment. Um, I think that in terms of domestic applications, they're mostly things that we're familiar with being in discussion. In terms of actual uh, the actual distribution of water, uh, they, they are thinking very broadly. Um, you know, everything from desalination plants on the coast to shipping water in from some distances um, from the, from the, let me get my geography right, from the west and from the north. Um, and that, that was a meeting of, uh, Louise might correct me, I think it was two or three months ago at least. Uh, and it was one of their first meetings as, as an organisation. So, I, you know, I look forward to the next one and see what, um, where they've got to in terms of their current thinking. Their, their strategy is, you know, has been um, put forward with the actual, you know, motion itself. You can have a look. Yeah. They have actually got a clear strategy there. Um, and if you want to, if you want to know more information, you can Google, um, you know, to get a much more detailed um, idea of what they do. Yeah, Thank you for the think, well, I'm ha- I'm happy to send a link if you want to know more. Okay, I'm I'm just conscious of um, trying to work together with the Water Resources East uh, whilst we're doing planning applications at the planning committee as well as the local plan. Uh, Gordon, to my knowledge, I think, um, Councillor Pavard, I think Gordon, I think Gordon and Simon Payne were both at the meeting as well. So we did have offices as well and we keep them, any information, you know, that I have, you know, regarding any water issues, um, I always copy in uh, Gordon, Glenn Day, Stephen Miles, and uh, Simon Payne. Yeah, I, mean, I think. And to... I think even um, I think I even um, also, sorry, copy in Councillor Evans and Councillor Storer as well. I think we need to be cautious that this is not a, to my knowledge, and maybe I sound to be corrected. This is not a a policy. Um, organization it's you know it's a thinking think tank let's find solutions type of organization um, thank you and thank you for the, the the work on that i'm just aware of time councillor evans wants to come in councillor evans uh, thank you chairman just a very um, brief brief observation really i think that um WRE is a company um, which is a limited liability company, but limited by guarantee as opposed to limited by shares in terms of its legal structure. Uh, So uh, as to uh, obligations being undertaken by uh, Uttlesford, uh, there should not be a problem there. Uh, But I I think I'm right in in saying, and thank you to Councillor Pepper for indeed copying me and uh, Councillor Story in on materials. I think I'm right in saying that uh, the cost, the, the costs to be debited to Uttlesford uh, by WRE, for example, in relation to research uh, and the like, uh, would be met out of the budget, uh, which uh, is now to be made available to uh, the new, um, the, the, the additional funds which are to be made available uh, in respect to green issues. Uh, am I right in supposing that, that is the case? Councillor Pavet. I'm going to confess ignorance here. I haven't gone into that much detail. My understanding was that there was not going to be any significant costs associated. No, one pound. We one pay pound. one pound. Well, I don't know about that. It's a lot of money. Well, that's what that. Well, for membership, for membership. 
So obviously that's re- you know that's all we have to pay is the one pound. Okay. So I don't think that's right. I think I think your liability is limited to the pound. Membership is free. Yeah. I sense that there's not any dissent here, so I'm actually going to take this to the vote straight away. Can anybody tell me if there's any dissent? Let me know. There's no dissent. I'll take that as approved. Okay. I'm sorry, my little computer has gone on me again. Um, ben, are you there? Ben? Yes. Just bear with me. Oh, here we are. It's back up again. I'm sorry about that. It just keeps blacking out now and again. I now invite, uh, sorry, uh, Chesterford Research Park, uh, item eight. I invite Councillor Reeve to present the Chesterford Research Park Future Funding Report and its recommendations. And we have Councillor Reeve to propose and signed by Councillor Hargreaves, who's going to second the motion. Councillor Reeve, would you like to take it away? Thank you, Chair. Uh, yeah, my name is Neil Reeve, the portfolio holder for Economic Development and Investment. Uh, this agenda item concerns future funding at Chesterford Research Park, CRP, I will be brief since the papers have been circulated. Council, I'm proposing, one, that members approve the allocation of a sum of £17.4 million for future loans to Aspire, CRP, Limited, drawn down as required, and two, that each loan shall be at market rates applicable at the time, and three, the decision to make the loan is delegated to the chief executive in consultation with the leader, the portfolio holder for finance and budget, Councillor Hargreaves, and the portfolio holder for the economy and investment, myself. Background is that the sum of £20 million is included in the already approved 20 to 24 commercial strategy and would be borrowed as and when required. £2.6 million was already allocated by Council in June 2020 for a project in Building 60. The reason for this proposal is to enable quick response to align decisions uh, by ourselves with Aspire's, sorry, uh, Aspire's decisions, sort of our ones, um, uh, with our partner Aviva. Our independent members questioned why the investment board was considering these requests, since we have already decided to invest in, uh, in the park, knowing that future investments would be required. The current decision-making process, uh, also for CRP, is very slow. Firstly, the investment board considers, then considers, then cabinet under a leader's decision considers, and that then leads to a full council meeting. Each of these steps has a lead time and also may often require a special single-item council meeting. The investment board will continue to monitor the investment and will receive reports on monies loaned, members and council and the council will be kept advised. Uh, three projects which could potentially follow this proposal are listed in the council document for you tonight. Uh, being brief, therefore, I propose that you support this proposal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councillor Hargreaves, do you want to say anything at this point? Uh, nothing to say at this point. Obviously, reserve the right. If any questions, um, we'll respond to those. It's eminent. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. It's a funny world we live in, isn't it? In 2017, 
we were asked in council to endorse a borrowing of 50 million on the same Chesterfield Research Park. And uh, of course, we were told there was a large hole in 2023 to fill. And so the fear was there, let's do it. The issues at the time were, and they remain the time, one, good governance, and two, all your eggs in one basket. It's already been discussed that all the eggs in one basket will be slightly improved. It'll only be 25% of the basket as opposed to 100%. Um, I welcome that, and I welcome diversification, of course, but 25% is hardly a big enough basket. Um, but the big issue, the really big issue for me at the time and remains is good governance, focusing all your decisions in the hands of, of a gang of five, as it was in those days. So here we are again. 17 million, please, and write me a blank check. I'm not sure what it'll be for, but we'll, we'll know when the time comes. And it's all about time, you know, because this, this, this dashed democracy thing takes so much time. Let's rather just go to the decision and, and, and avoid all the rest. The investment board was proposed by me and by our party specifically to avoid poor governance. 17 million is not chump change. It's a large amount of money. This is not what we should be supporting. It's bad form, chaps. Just bad form. I can't support it. Uh, Councillor Hargreaves, do you want to respond to that? Uh, yes, it would not, it's not bypassing the investment board. Um, and indeed, these, the sort of projects we're looking at here look to me like they, were, they would also require planning permission. So it's not just a matter of financial decision, it's a matter that these would actually go before the, the planning committee. Members will be kept informed at all times as to what's going on. Um, the decision to spend this money has already been made in principle. And um, it seemed eminently sensible to me, and in fact was pointed out by the independent members on the investment board, that we were not really following good practice to, to force uh, this process of decision making um, when actually uh, prompt decisions were needed on things which we've already agreed in principle on the total. So uh, I just supported it. It's, it's, it's very sensible and nothing's being hidden here. Everyone will be kept informed. Um, I think it'd be okay. Councillor Fairhurst, your points are noted. Councillor Light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to say you think it would be okay, Councillor Hargreaves, actually fills me with foreboding. I wonder why. Uh, we cannot give a blank cheque. This, this is absolutely absurd. I mean, we have been, as Councillor Fairhurst pointed out, against this since the first investment. You cannot just allow a few people to make a decision. Democracy takes its time. It must be adhered to. This is a council decision. Decisions could, should and must be made in council. It's irrelevant whether we need to have a quick response. This is public money. This is going to be borrowed money at market rates at the time, which we don't know what they are. Do they go up? Do they go down? Who knows? And to be quite frank, in, in this um, context, it is irrelevant that we need the quick response. Aviva can turn around quickly. But we are a council. Our decisions must be transparent, democratic and accountable to the people. And therefore, if it takes longer, that's the time it takes. And we will have to take that time and go Thank through you. a proper process. Thank you. Councillor Barker. Um, yes, Chairman. Could I just clarify? Are we putting in half the money? And Aviva putting in half the money? Councillor Hargreaves, could you respond? Maybe I can address that one. Uh, sorry, Councillor Rio, sorry. Yeah, um, uh, yes, I mean, for each project, that will be the case. And uh, yes, so what? Fine, thank you. That's all she wanted to know, yes? 
Councillor Barker, we missed you there. Could you just say that again? No, I said that's fine. Thank you for the clarification. Thank you. That's fine. Okay. Councillor Pepper, you've got your hand up. Um, obviously, I believe in a democratic system. However, what I want to point out are two things. One, this is a local investment. This is investment in a local business that we own 50% shares. Secondly, this is an, an investment in science. Science, again, you know, especially during COVID, has proven to be invaluable. I do not see any, you know, um, debate over why we cannot see that investing large sums of, or, uh, this is one thing I would consider, large sums of money into science today. I think it's crucial. So I support this wholeheartedly. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Sal? Thank you, Chair. I wasn't intending to speak on this, but I was one of those in the last council who supported Chesterford Research Park. And I did so on the understanding that the park was capable of expansion and that the initial investment would be supplemented as time went by to create further opportunities. It is an important asset, I believe, on the M11 corridor. And I took the decision to support it because of the fact that it was capable of expansion. And I believe that we've got a good record of tenancy and an asset should be utilised, in my view. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Gascogne. I am going to vote uh, in support of the motion. Um, as I've already said, you know, I'm happy that this uh, this inherited asset is being utilised and capitalised upon. Um, ultimately, I do think it's a, it's a, a, an efficiency. Um, we've already approved the money that's being allocated here. Um, and so that, that gives me the confidence that uh, what the uh, cabinet members that are going to authorise this have inherited, uh, they will do so with great sort of vigour. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Lees? Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, other people, the great joy of always of going last is other people have said something, so I won't repeat, but I would just like to quickly answer Councillor Light's point about democracy. Um, democracy doesn't mean that every single person has to vote on every single issue every single time. Democracy is if you decide that certain people will make decisions for you, and that is voted on and correct, then that is democracy. And I think that is what's happening here. We are democratically voting for members of the council to make those decisions. Therefore, I will be supporting the motion. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lemon. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, just, just a final query. Am I right in saying we actually don't know what the interest rate on this borrowed money will be? Oh, uh, we, 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 we do know what the rate will be, and the, um, uh, the, that's going to be about 4.5% uh, at the moment, which is the same as all our borrowings for this. Thank you. Councillor Caton. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I mean, I hear what's being said and all about, you know, we've made a decision and we should stick to it. But as a, as a shareholder who isn't involved in discussions in the investment board, I've got no idea about how 
Aspire is actually performing. Um, and I, I just wanted to know uh, how are the backbenchers or all the shareholders going to be uh, informed of the performance of the company? It does seem to me that we're kind of outsourcing our, um, our investment management to the investment board, but there is no feedback loop. And I have to say that I'm not happy with not having that feedback. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to vote for the funding. But I think as a quid pro quo, the governance and the reporting um, mechanism has got to both be improved and, and be open and transparent to any members of, uh, of the council and of the general public. Councillor Reeve, do you want to comment on uh, improve, if it can, we can improve communications to the councillors on that point? Yes, I will. I put my hand up really just to maybe take all the points uh, and round up at the end. So, um, okay, uh, well, I've got a few other people. I've got a few other people want to come in. Councillor Barker. Yeah, Chairman. My understanding is the money is loaned to Aspire at four and a half percent, but it is actually borrowed at a lower rate than that. I see Mr. Webb's got his hand up. Maybe he could clarify. Yeah, Mr. Webb wants in there. Adrian, did you? Yes, thank you, Chair. Councillor Barker is right. Um, the council loans money to Aspire, and that is always at about three or four type percentage points above what we're borrowing at. So there's a return on that. And just to answer Councillor Caton's concern, um, the Government's Audit and Performance Committee get an annual report from the Aspire directors following the audit of the accounts. Uh, they're being audited at the moment, so I would imagine it'll be the November meeting of GAP that there'll be a report from the directors of Aspire. So yeah, in actual fact, they report twice, once to GAP and once to the Investment Board. And at that point, we would um, the councillors would be able to see that report? Mm, yes, definitely. Councillor Caton, okay? I, I just think that they should, you know, we should be informed when there is actually a a gap um, agenda item because not all of us are on that committee, and I don't serve the uh, the agendas of the, the council or all this information. I, I just think we need to be more transparent about uh, things which are, should be known by all councillors. I think a well-made point. Councillor Reeve, I think we're time to mop up now, if you would. Yes, thank you. Uh, I think that most of the um, uh, questions have been answered now. Um, going back, though, to the first one from um, Councillor Fairhurst, that the 17.4 million is not small. Uh, absolutely right. But we have already actually approved that through the commercial strategy. So this is the uh, the detail of the... Uh, the spending of that, the investment itself has already been uh, um, uh, uh, approved. Uh, coming to um, uh, Councillor Caton's uh, questions, I'd just like to add that uh, we will be making, uh, through the Investment Board, uh, quarterly reports uh, on the performance of our investments, and certainly all details of this nature will be uh, being put into those uh, as and when, such that uh, all members will be uh, routinely advised of all the investments and their performance. Thank you. Thank you. So basically, I, I come back to uh, uh, recommend this uh, this 
proposal to the council. So it's been recommended and it's been um, seconded by council. I can't agree. Sorry, got lost there. Uh, is that right? And um, I'm now going to take take it to a vote. Is there any dissent? First of all, if you could, we have a dissent from two, as far as I can see. And those in favour, please indicate. I think we do. We have to take a recorded vote here, Ben. We we would normally chair. Yes, yeah, we do. Um, oh, we'll have to do that then. Can you do that, please? Okay. So you know the drill, councillors. Um, when I yeah. call your name, please um, say for, against, or abstain. Uh, ben, just as you know, uh, on a, if it's a split vote, I I vote. The, the way I've been doing it all along, so you don't need to ask me. Okay, you'll be abstaining, Chair. Yeah. Okay, Councillor Armstrong. For the motion. Councillor Asker is not here. Councillor Bagnall. For. Councillor Barker. For. Councillor Caton. For. Councillor Hoot. <coughs> Councillor Coote. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, in favour? I beg your pardon, Thank Ben. Thank you. Councillor Cristiani. Oh. Councillor Day. Oh. Councillor De Vries. I think he may have left the meeting. Councillor Dean. Oh. <clears throat> Councillor Driscoll. Oh. Councillor Eek. Oh. Councillor Evans. Oh. Councillor Fairhurst. Against. Councillor Freeman. For. Councillor Gregory. For. Councillor Hargreaves. For. Councillor Isham has given his apologies. Uh, Councillor Jones. Also not present. Councillor Khan. For. Councillor Lavelle. For. Councillor LeCount. Councillor LeCount, you're muted. They're calling you. Or for. for thank you, Councillor LeCount. Sorry. Councillor Lees. Councillor Lee. Lee. Oh. Four. I thought I said four. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Four, four. Thank you. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Light. Against. Councillor Lodge. Four. Councillor Lachlan. Four. Councillor Luck. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Oliver. Oh. Councillor Pavitt. Apologies for the delay. Four. Thank you. Councillor Pepper. Four. <coughs> Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Sell. Four. Councillor Stora. Four. Councillor Sutton. Also not here. Councillor Taylor. Oh. Thank you. That's clearly carried, Chair. We've had 
Two against, you abstained, the remainder were for the motion. Are you still with us, Chair? Sorry, I was muted, Mum, sorry. <laughs> I now invite Councillor Pepper to present her motion to full council regarding the deposit return scheme. Uh, Councillor Pepper, uh, if you could uh, propose that, and I understand Councillor Caton's standing by to second it. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, firstly, I would like to acknowledge two people behind this motion. It was through our Chair, Councillor Foley's recommendation that we put this uh, motion forward. I was asked by Councillor Foley to propose this motion along with Councillor Caton, the leader of our Waste, Climate and Ecological subgroup. Our Waste Officer Ben Brown did the wording behind this motion. A deposit return scheme is a financial incentive to encourage consumers to return a used product to allow it to be reused or recycled. In an effort to increase recycling rates of plastic, metal and glass containers and reduce consumption of raw materials, the UK government has stated its intention to introduce a new consistent deposit return scheme across the UK by 2023. The average household in the UK produces more than a tonne of waste every year. This is the total of 31 million tonnes per year, the equivalent to the weight of three and a half million double-decker buses. Each family uses an average of 500 glass bottles and jars annually. Glass is 100% recyclable and can be used again and again. It is not known how long glass takes to break down but it is so long that glass made in the Middle East over 3,000 years ago can still be found today. We produce and use 20 times more plastic today than we did 50 years ago. Approximately 600,000 metric tonnes is generated from plastic bottles. We get through 5 billion drink cans every year. Weight for weight, empty aluminium cans are worth six to 20 times more than any other used packaging material. Environmental campaign groups would prefer to see more efforts to reduce resource usage and a reduction in waste produced, like drinking all drunk, sorry, sorry, like drinking all drunk water from a reusable container filled from the tap would significantly reduce the amount of plastic waste produced. There is a potential gap where existing difficult items such as takeaway drinks, coffee cups and food packaging, sandwich wrappers, escapes legislative, uh, I can't say legislative, sorry, intervention. Packaging manufacturers in the UK pay towards some fund, some funding towards recycling of package waste generated and provide some financial assistance to fund resource and waste management infrastructure, which helps local authorities to recycle. However, the plan to implement extended <coughs> producer responsibility that requires manufacturers, suppliers and retailers to be held responsible for the full cost of recycling, reprocessing or de de depositing of their products at the end of their life 
is more likely to encourage producers to improve environmental performance. We may see more, more reuse refill schemes develop. The Council welcomes the Government's plan to introduce a deposit return scheme to encourage increased recycling of glass, plastic bottles and can, cans. The Council also urges that the, government recon, uh, that the Government should reconsider wider fiscal measures to ensure producers of all packaging, particularly on-the-go products, make them reusable or readily recyclable through existing infrastructure. Lastly, all of these measures should reduce litter. More than 2 million pieces of litter are dropped in the UK every day. The cost to the taxpayers for street cleaning is over 1 billion a year. This has been increased during COVID with a number of items like surgical masks and gloves being discarded. It is also a danger to wildlife and can spread the virus. Please keep your community and environment clean and safe. And can you please support this motion? Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councillor Caton, um, I don't know if you want to speak speak on this or speak later. I'll let others okay. speak before myself. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I just want to congratulate all those involved in the motion. It's about time. This was something that was available in South Africa 20 years ago. It's available across the continent um, and it definitely does work. It involves everyone in the process of recycling. Um, just one question, though, and that is when are we as Uttlesford going to engage also the, the very willing um, um, businesses around the district in, in a plastics um, charter or something like we did in Saffron Walden? You're pushing at an open door. We have to all be engaged in this process. So I want to thank you very much for, for putting this together, Councillor Pepper and Caton. Um, brilliant job. Well done. Councillor Dean. Thank you, Chairman. I'm sure I shall vote for this, but... Um... I'm, I'm struggling a little bit to work out whether this is primarily about lobbying in the government to do something, in which case we would wait until they've done whatever, or whether we're actually going to do something new ourselves in this district pronto. Yeah. Yeah, can uh, I... No, no. Perhaps that could be clarified, please. Uh, this is really um, to give... Uh, central government a bit of a nudge, actually. Um, you know, we, we are pleased that they have, you know, looked at putting a scheme together, but that's not until 2023. Um, so really, this is really what we would like to ask central government to please have a look um, at this more closely and sooner. Um, um, that's really what we're asking for at this stage. And Councillor Dean... Have I just come back and say I would suggests that, you know, we're more likely to encourage initiative from central government if we try something out, but I don't know what it is. It, it, the, the, the difficulty on that one is just the scale. It's one of these things um, that you have to do virtually everywhere to make it work because of the, you know, the, the return scheme. I get what you mean. And hopefully by the uh, uh, Councillor Pepper and Caton's initiative to, to, to get this moving, we encourage them to move further and, and take in other uh, producers of um, other packaging as well along the way. And I take uh, Councillor Fairhurst's point uh, very much in, in, in line as well. Councillor Coote, 
you would like to say something. Councillor Coote. Yes, I would. I will start by saying that I will be voting for the motion, but I would like to point out to Council that uh, the Labour Party at this moment in time are negotiating through the House of Lords on this alongside rescue poverty because 85% of returnable funds uh, are not claimed. And most of that is down to the poor. The people, I'm afraid, who buy most of these returnables are people who are on very, very low salaries or wages, whichever you want to use. Now, I looked up this uh, return from uh, rescue poverty over the last week and I was appalled because I will certainly take my Corona bottles back. I remember it in the 50s and used mm -hmm. to pink peoples as well and took them back. But uh, the problem I have with the, with the whole initiative of the government is that this is not aimed at people like us. They know that we'll take ours back. But I'm afraid that people on the lower end of our scales just will not return them and will lose the money on it, uh, which is very important to them. If you do what the government have been saying and you put a 1% return on it, um, they, that is a very big amount of money to the poor. So I support the motion, but I, I will be writing to the government saying that it is a very ill and uh, not very well thought out policy. It's one that they've rushed into, uh, I think, and it's one they haven't, uh, in my view, looked at all the implications. It doesn't give me any pleasure in saying it at Council because obviously I, I think that it's a good initiative and certainly Martin's, uh, along with uh, the, um, Councillor Pepper, is trying to support something that needs supporting. But I do have reservations about who it will hit. It, the devil will be in the detail in this, Councillor Kurt, I think, is the... Mm. Thing and, and how it works. So, Councillor Bagnall. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, like the others, I, I fully support the, the principle of all this. I'm just a bit concerned about the wording in the motion. Is So, this one's for Councillor Pepper. Do we need to change the wording slightly? Because I, I'm sort of a bit confused as to what our motion actually is, because it, it's not specific enough. Well, it's... What it's saying is that it wants us to support the deposit return scheme, but obviously also look at, you know, other physical fis fiscal measures um, that, you know, look at reusing and recycling with coffee cups, um, you know, and again, those sort of measures as well. But also equally, I would like to um, also suggest that government does push the, um, the plan to implement extended producer responsibility that, you know, requires manufacturers, suppliers and retailers to be held responsible for the full cost of recycling um, and reprocessing or depositing of their products at the end of life. Because, again, that will, should encourage more producers to improve, you know, environmental performance. So, again, that to me is key. It's you know, manufacturer pays, in other words. So, again, we have to we have to jointly have behavioural changes. So, again, we've got to look at right from the beginning, yeah, um, you know, where these um, products and, you know, who manufactures these products. So, really, that's what that. we're... But I'm thinking, do we need to be specific in the motion to say we're going to write to the government to urge them to consider these things? That's all I'm thinking. Well, again, I'm happy if that's, you know, again, but obviously I don't think we can tonight. But but 
I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I will lobby the government on this. So, um, you know, again, it obviously says that the, the council um, would urge the government to consider this. But by saying that, um, I will be writing, you know, to central government and, well, probably Kimmy, um, and just suggesting that this is what we would like to propose. Okay, I'm fully supportive anyway, Councillor Pepper. Councillor Cascani. Uh, yes, Chairman, thank you. And thank you, Councillor Pepper. Um, I think um, that in my role as a, a member of the Climate Change Working Group, uh, Councillor Pepper, and also as leader of the Conservatives, yep. I'm happy to um, sort of liaise with you. Oh, you know, good. And, Kemi, uh, and indeed Simon Walsh is the Cabinet Member at Essex, if, if that helps. Yep, no, that would even better. No, I think that would be great if we could have a collaborative, you know, joint um, lobbying. <laughs> Okay. So that would be great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Thank Kayton. you, Councillor Cristoni. Councillor Kayton. Hi, Mr Chairman. I'm going to make it unanimous. Um, it's, a, well, it's a pleasure to uh, co-sponsor this um, motion with Councillor Pepper. You know, there are things that... There are cross-party consensus on this council and this is one of them I mean I would say that we haven't actually said that we want to lobby the, the government to speed up the process they were meant to be um, consulting this year on uh, the scheme uh, but it's uh, slipped somewhat um, and it's meant to be starting in 2023 but I suspect it's going to be uh, later than that. So I think we ought to be lobbying uh, both Kemi, but I also think the minister, uh, because this um, idea was promoted in the government's way strategy in, in February 2019. And I haven't seen any proposals uh, coming out of government about how it will actually be implemented. And I also agree with uh, councillors who say, well, we should be doing something ourselves. And I think one of the ideas that I have suggested is we might want to be looking at it kind of multiple recycling bins in some of our, our uh, town centres so we could and encourage um, people when they are on the go actually to do some, some uh, separation at that stage and uh, perhaps um, get um, town and parish councils to uh, do the, the necessary so that the, the bags can be collected by the, the green waste bins or the green bin, uh, the collection time. So there are some things that we can and do, uh, mm. and I am. Uh, I would commend the motion to the council. Thank you. Um, can I can I suggest we bank that then, and rather than add anything to it at the moment, uh, very briefly, Councillor Freeman. Just uh, I see that you uh, is, is this yes. Uh, just to remind you, uh, Chairman, that we're over the two hour uh, You are required to ask if we wish to continue. I'm going to get the motions for the next meeting. I was going to um, get this 
boat out of the way and go straight on to that. Thank you uh, for reminding me. Um, it seems to have no dissent. Can I ask if there is any dissent on this at all? Please, please let me know if there's any dissent. If there's no dissent, uh, that motion, uh, Ben, is carried. Yes? Thank you. Fine. Now, it's witching hour. It's after nine o'clock, and I have to ask your permission if we wish to carry on. Um, can I have a vote, please? Uh, a thumbs up if we wish to carry on. I can't see everybody on thumbs up. Is there any dissent? Anybody will not want to carry on? No? Okay. Um, I suggest, though, um, that we have a, 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 a comfort break. Okay, that's fine. I was just going to say, Councillor okay. DeFries has just joined the meeting at the beginning of the previous item. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give five minutes, five-minute comfort break. And so leave, see you back here at 15 minutes past. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. I now invite Councillor Day to present the motion to Council regarding Harper's Law. Uh, just to let you know, Councillor Day is going to propose. Yeah, if I just check, Councillor Comte, you'll be seconding it. Yes. Councillor Day, would you like to... Let's get straight on with this, if you would. Thank you. Chairman, thank you. Um, I'd like to start by asking a question, actually. Are we protecting our protectors? I'd like you to bear that in mind as I progress. If I may, I'd like to take everyone back to the evening of the 15th of August, 2019. I'm pretty certain that to many of you, this date will have no significant meaning whatsoever. And why should it? And therefore, what was so special about that night? Please allow me to remind you. This was the night when a young police constable by the name of Andrew Harper, a member of Thames Valley Police, was on duty in uniform and was killed after he and a fellow officer responded to a report of a burglary taking place in a rural location in Berkshire. On arriving at the scene and without a thought for his own safety, PC Harper leapt from the police vehicle and made his way towards one of the suspects, who on seeing the police car approach, unhitched a quad bike, which they had stolen in the burglary, and they had been towing it by means of a crane strap behind a car that they were using. The suspect jumped into the car and it drove off. In a tragic twist of fate, as these thieves accelerated away, the training crane strap became wrapped around PC Harper's ankles and he was pulled off his feet and dragged along behind the speeding getaway car just as though he was a water skier. Hurtling along the narrow country lane, the officer was dragged along the ground for more than a mile, his flesh being stripped from his body as it went. His bodily body finally swung free. By this time, he had suffered horrendous multiple injuries, with most of his uniform having been torn away. The injuries to his head and face were so severe, he was unrecognisable. He died at the scene. The three suspects were later arrested and charged with murder. In July of this year, they stood trial at the Old Bailey. All three pleaded not guilty to murder, albeit the driver of the getaway car, who was aged 19 years, pleaded guilty to manslaughter. All three men were found guilty by the jury of manslaughter, but cleared of murder. The driver was jailed for 16 years, while his accomplice was both aged 18 years, were sentenced to 13 years each. This essentially means they could be released from prison on parole after serving less than 10 years. As a result, the widow of PC Harper has now called for killers of emergency service workers to be jailed for life. She has launched a campaign. 
it would be a completely new law which would be known as Harper's Law. It will stand separately, but alongside that, of murder and manslaughter. The decision to charge will be dependent on the evidence and would rest with the Crown Prosecution Service. Mrs Harper hopes a new law would allow people to get the justice that they rightly deserve, so that anyone who is convicted of killing an emergency service worker in the execution of their duty regardless of whether they intended to cause a death, is jailed for life. It would not be used in such cases, as has been quoted to me by Councillor Dean and to all of you, whereby a drunken man may take a swing at a police constable who is trying to speak to him. He misses, but in seeking to avoid the blow, the PC slips and cracks his head on the pavement and dies a charge of manslaughter would clearly be used in such a case. So let us reflect. Our emergency service workers are people that go out and do their jobs, put themselves at risk and in danger. They're doing that to protect us. At present, as the law stands, the maximum sentence a judge can impose for manslaughter is life imprisonment. However, in reality, it is very rare for this to happen and on average, the sentences range between two and ten years, and sentencing is at the judge's discretion. Mrs Harper has called on the British public and politicians of all parties to back her campaign, and it is for this reason I place this motion before you this evening. She does not believe emergency workers are more important, but this new law would be directed at them because of the nature of their work. She believes the justice system at present is too lenient in the way it deals with criminals who take the lives of our emergency workers. Basically, they spend an inadequate amount of time behind bars. May I just clarify, this is not calling for whole life orders, which would see perpetrators jailed without ever being released, or to put it bluntly, locking them up and throwing away the key. Being attacked should never be part of the job of these courageous public servants who put themselves in harm's way to protect us. The growing tide of attacks on emergency workers, including ambulance crews, NH staff, firefighters, prison officers and police, is a national scandal. An attack on an emergency worker is an attack on all of us, and attackers should face the full face or force of the law. I was somewhat saddened to see that Councillor Dean took it upon himself to circulate an email this morning to all councillors, our chief executive and our legal executive manager, which contained what would appear to be his response to this motion. Are we now touting for support by issuing speeches like this in advance before giving an airing in our open chamber? I am saddened to think this is the way he views this motion, whereby he describes it as being an emotional attack attachment by myself and counsel at account. He makes reference to a number of quotations, Mark George QC from an article in The Statesman and Stephen Roberts, a retired Deputy Assistant Commissioner in the Metropolitan Police. I would suggest that they are merely the views of two individuals, we all know that QCs can 
and do hold different views depending on how they read the situation. Stephen Roberts certainly, as a retired officer, does not speak on behalf of the vast majority of serving police officers in England and Wales. The Police Federation, who represent the interests of the ranks of constable to chief inspector, fully endorse the quest for a new law. It should also be noted that the Police Superintendents Association, who represent ranks of superintendent and chief superintendent, have made it quite clear that they support those campaigning for Harper's Law and a mandatory life sentence. Paul Griffiths, the president of the association, has stated, we will provide our full support for any exploration of how a change in this kind could be implemented to ensure justice is served on those found guilty of such abhorrent crimes. It's also further worthy of note that the National Police Chiefs Council, that's the organisation that represents chief constables across the country, is the latest police organisation to support this campaign. Their chairman, Martin Hewitt, who was formerly an assistant commissioner in the Metropolitan Police, said, the law must be strengthened to deter attacks on police. He went on to say he was pleased to learn of cross-party and cross-policing support that exists. I would say to you, and in particular to Councillor Dean, are these emotional attachments, as he calls them? And are they misguided views from organisations which represent the senior management teams in all of our police forces in this country? I would suggest not. I have learned today that at the Conservative Party conference this week, that Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, gave a commitment to work with PC Harper's widow to achieve Harper's law. There is a position, uh, a petition which at present has something in the region of over half a million signatures supporting it. Clearly, the public are behind this, supportive of our emergency service workers and the need for a change in sentencing. I wonder why Council Dean and his Liberal Democratic Party colleagues wish to be seen as out of step on this. I will leave you with a thought. This motion is to support the widow of PC Harper, who is not calling for whole life orders, which would see perpetrators jailed without ever being released. This is not about that. It's as quoted by George Q, uh, Mark George QC, instances such as he uh, described about the drunken man. I also strongly disagree with Councillor Dean, where he states... Passing this motion would risk bringing the council into disrepute by aligning it with a petition, a petition, a petition that asked for a law that would be poor and is unnecessary. Councillor Day, you are beginning to wind up. Yeah. Okay. I believe he is totally misguided on his interpretation by Mark George QC. Why? Because we would be standing side by side. I believe he is wrong to even suggest it is misguided because if you agree with this motion, it would send out a very strong message that this council truly values and supports all who are protecting us. It is our token of thanks and a gesture of us wishing to be seen to protect our protectors. Thank you for, my att for your attention. Thank you, Councillor Day. Uh, Councillor Dean. 
Councillor Dean. You're on, Councillor Dean. Yes. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I'm, am I being heard? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much. I will stick to my script, even though uh, Councillor Day has already kindly read some of it to you. Mr. Chairman, we are all, I feel, certain distress at any premature death, not least of people who are killed serving the public and our communities. We can understand and respect the sympathy and other emotions that arise when such incidents occur. These, without doubt, include the terrible death of Police Constable Andrew Hopper. Our hearts go out to the relatives, friends and colleagues of all murder and manslaughter victims. On behalf of the Liberal Democrat group members, I can say without equivocation that each of us would want the law applied justly and appropriately against those who are found responsible for acts of violence. The three men who were responsible for the death of PC Harper were found guilty of manslaughter. There is a significant difference between the crime of murder and the crime of manslaughter, and this goes to the heart of our concern. Murder is generally defined as a law in law as an intent to cause serious harm or injury, combined with the death arising from that intention. Manslaughter is a less serious offence than murder. The difference is that the perpetrator has less or no intent to cause someone harm and death. The three men involved in the PC Harper case were found guilty by a jury, by a jury and a judge to differing degrees of the act of manslaughter. Juries and judges are the fundamental basis in England of a civilized country. The law also requires that anyone who commits and is convicted of any murder will get a life sentence, whoever the victim is. That is the only sen sentence for murder. Therefore, the law doesn't need changing when the verdict is murder. A Queen's Council, Mr. Mark George, has made the following observation, which I have shortened to save time, but not to change the meaning. And I quote, in all cases of manslaughter, a life sentence is already possible, depending on the circumstances. The law doesn't need changing, but no offence diff no differs so greatly in possible circumstances than manslaughter. He goes on, some manslaughter cases come very close to murder, as did the Harper case itself. At the, at the other end of the spectrum, a drunken man may take a swing at a PC who trying to speak to who's trying to speak to him. However, he misses, but in seeking to avoid the blow, the PC slips and cracks his head on the pavement and dies. Mr. George continued, Demanding that all cases where death is involved requires a life sentence makes no sense. The law already allows the judge to pass a life sentence in any case involving a killing, whether public servant or not. This petition 
is the product, product of misunderstanding of the current law. It might also lead to serious injustice, serious injustice. Mr. Chairman, passing this motion would risk bringing the council into disrepute by aligning it with a petition that asks for a law that would be a poor and unjust law. On LBC Radio, Stephen Roberts, the former Deputy Assistant Commissioner in the Metropolitan Police, said he was personally opposed to discretion being taken away from judges. He added, we have to trust our judges who impose appropriate sentences. Mr. Roberts added, it was a wrong way to force judges to impose mandatory sentences with no leeway. Finally, Mr. Chairman, a recent article in The Spectator magazine read as follows, I quote, whatever your view, our views on the sentence, we should be wary of changing the law in response to a single case, however dreadful. The, distinguish, the distinction between murder and manslaughter has been part of the common law of England and Wales for centuries. In PC Harper's case, he got, this is occurring on the, the the quote in PC Harper's to wind up now. I've had half the time that Councillor Day had, Mr. Chairman, who had 11 minutes. And they, in PC Harper's case, the trial judge referred when passing sentence to the crucial question that the jury had to answer namely, the jury were not sure that Henry Long, the car driver, knew that the car he was driving was dragging a human body. That is what the prosecution had to prove before anyone could be convicted of murder and they did not succeed in doing so. The jury accepted the possibility that Long did not have the necessary intent. The sentence was then to re reflect the jury's decision. Gesture legislation to introduce mandatory life sentences for manslaughter would make the law worse. That is the last of our quotations, Mr. Chairman. Whilst the, whilst the Liberal Democrat group has sympathy with Councillor Day and the Count's emotional attachment to this Harper's Law campaign, we have to accept the law as it is and agree with Mark George, the former assistant, Commissioner Roberts, and the Spectator magazine that this campaign and this motion are asking for a law change in response to a single event that would bypass due process. If Councillor Day and the Count wish to pursue this matter, it will be instructive to us all to urge the Council to refer the matter to an appropriate body of the Council to be determined following receipt of qualified legal advice. If we are forced to vote on the motion tonight, we will sadly be obliged to vote against the motion in an attempt to pro protect the Council's responsibility and we would urge other members to do the same. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I appreciate that. Um, members, tonight's motion deals with the terrible case of the death of Andrew Harper. The facts are such that all decent folk recoil at the horror of it. We are outraged and look for some semblance of justice to assuage our upset and seek a balance in our justice system. The fact that the victim was a police officer put in harm's way by the community he served must surely add to our outrage. A finding of manslaughter instead of murder and a sentence of anything less than life does seem wholly inappropriate, but it's the law. 
Harper's law seems to be a rational and apparently fitting response. More than 500 signatories would agree. It is certainly easy to sympathize with the widow of the uh, victim and readily identify with her sense of fury and helplessness. But is Harper's law the correct response? A change of law is sought, as we've heard, to punish all crimes resulting in death of someone in our security services or emergency services with a mandatory life sentence. Surely that would be fitting, sentence for such a serious crime? However, any student of jurisprudence would have a couple of problems with this. The first is that Harper's law seeks to conflate all crimes resulting in death into one with a single punishment. All crimes are not equal. Not even all murders are equal, not to mention mitigation and aggravated circumstances. The criminal law purposely ranks offences by degree and severity in an attempt to bring about a just and customised outcome. In this case, for example, it could not be proven, as it turned out, beyond a reasonable doubt that actual intent existed. The judge in this case also happened to consider the relative youth of offenders. Should we ignore intent or, or, or the youth of, 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 of an offender? Harper's law, on the other hand, seeks to bring certainty to a trial, create, treating all offences as a single outcome. This sounds great. Let's be certain. One size fits all. It's often argued by lawyers that certain law is poor law. Each case ought to be assessed on its own merits and the context of each act. This proposal restricts the ability of justice to temp, to temper justice, judges to temper justice for other contributory factors such as age, mental capacity, even provocation. Surely justice demands the full picture. This proposal also seeks to impose on future judges an automatic sentence. We don't like this, thereby denying them the opportunity to hear all elements and prescribe in an appropriate sentence to fit each matter. That's their job. It's the role of legislators to draft laws that will be discussed here tonight and the judiciary, in particular in common law jurisdictions, to interpret and implement these in a fashion cons considering all the salient facts in each case. Are we actually comfortable here tonight to undermine the role of judges in our courts? Harper's law also demands that specific victims are better protected than others. Why should one death be more valuable than another? For reasons of their profession? Of course, I'm afraid I might argue that we should. Our public servants, we should offer them an extra layer of protection through greater deterrence. After all, it is in protecting us that they're being put in harm's way. To fail to deter potential assailants might cause them to hesitate to leap to our defense in a crisis. That's the whole point. Folks, the three factors of sentencing are very basically deterrence, retribution, and rehabilitation. In, the case, in this case, we may feel seriously angered at a need for justice. I mean, we talk of that in terms of retribution. But I argue that deterrence is a longer-term benefit. The current, in, current sentencing guidelines already allow for strict sentencing in the case of murder of a police officer. Why couldn't this simply be extended to other offences as a presumption of aggravation? Yes, we feel outraged, and this is not the fair outcome we would expect. The widow feels let down, but it's a good idea. But is it a good idea to react in a single case, no matter how outrageous the law? Something must be done, certainly. In this case, the sentence does not seem to, to fit. It seems unduly lenient. And shouldn't we, on behalf of our residents, offer our support to do the right thing? But is this the only way? Are there existing avenues within the current system to address the apparent anomaly? The fact is, Mr. Chairman... The Attorney General already has that power, and I believe he's actually ex exercised it. He can appeal the sentence for undue leniency. 
sentencing guidelines are a way of standardizing sentencing between judges in an attempt to bring consistency to outcomes, not to constrain judges and thereby reduce their ability to exercise their judgment. I would submit that in this case, the first phase of due process has indeed been followed. The accused have attended court, have been found guilty of an offense commensurate with well-established rules of evidence and burdens of proof. It is only the sentence that needs further consideration, and an appeal to higher authority for more appropriate sentence is still possible. The British criminal system may not be perfect, but it's highly regarded across the world and follows well-established principles to provide justice to victims, the accused, and our society as a whole. I completely sympathize with the widow and your justified feeling of outrage. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to endorse your statement of solidarity to the widow, and I will be voting for this, this motion. But it's the wrong law. It's bad in law. The sentiment is right. We should be looking at the sentencing guidelines instead. Thank you. Thank you very much. If we can uh, just contain ourselves now as we go on. Very valuable uh, contributions. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Cascone. Thank you, Chair. Uh, crikey. Um, I have very little to say in comparison. Good. Next. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd truly like to commend, I know in these sort of theatrical full councils we can lose all sense of sincerity, but I want to commend Councillor Day for bringing this to council. Um, we all entered politics to make our own change, and I think that in a roundabout way this is his, um, and so well done for that. I want to explain exactly why um, I'm going to abstain on this evening's vote. Um, one, even... F- with the contribution from sort of a learned colleague in, in uh, Councillor Fairhurst and in the contributions that have just been, I do not feel comfortable enough in my own knowledge of this and the complexity around it is making me uh, further uncomfortable um, to, to put forward a view both uh, in favour or against the motion. And so that that is the reason for me abstaining. Um, my heart absolutely wants to say... Uh, yes, I support this, but I'm concerned. I don't know enough about it. I don't recognise the implications of this enough to be able to cast a view on it. And so that's why I'm going to reluctantly, I think, abstain. But I, I truly do commend the proposer and seconder for bringing this to council. Thank you. And very honest uh, 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 sentiments there, I can see. Councillor Sell. Thank you, Chairman. That's some powerful speeches by colleagues and sometimes in life heart and head go in different directions one would have to have a heart of stone not to feel empathy for mrs harper uh had only been married a month so starting out in their life together and now she's a widow i've been a student of government most of my life and my head says lord wolf former Lord Chief Justice, speaking in the House of Lords about a month ago with your indulgence chair, I just read out a short extract of what Lord Wolf said, which I think corroborates what Councillor Fairhurst was saying earlier. So this is a man who occupied, occupied the top judicial post in this country. Lord Wolf said, quote... We can try and not repeat, Councillor Sell, if possible. Just be <laughs> Well, with respect, Chair, no one has quoted Lord Wolf before. I'm doing it for the first time. So Sorry, I thought I'm you were going to agree with somebody there and use somebody. So I'd like to make my point. Um, 
quote, a contributing factor is for politicians to recognise that in the field of justice, it is sensible not to announce alterations to the sentencing agenda off the cuff without proper consideration or deliberation. Frequently, they are wholly unnecessary because the maximum sentence is totally sufficient to cover any foreseeable situation in which to decide the right sentence. I would go further and say it is much better that matters of detail are left to the sentence's discretion, i.e. the judge and the jury, rather than trying to anticipate the different situations that can arise, unquote. And yes, I agree with Councillor Day, many police officers are in favour of Harper's Law, but I just want to conclude by a comment from a police officer uh, in Reddit who said, um, I have every sympathy for Lizzie. What happened to Andrew Harper was appalling and heartbreaking. But as many others have said, legislation should not come from a place of emotion. I think that's a very key point. The victim's profession already is an aggravating factor that is considered by the judge when sentencing for a crime like manslaughter. This means that the sentence automatically has a higher starting point if manslaughter is on an emergency worker. And he concludes that I'm all in favour of not being killed while on the job. I just don't think this is the right thing. I Harper's Lord. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Councillor Coote. Yes, sir. I'll be very quick, uh, Chair. I will be supporting uh, the motion. Um, and I would just like to deal with the uh, point that Councillor Sell and Councillor Dean, I think it were both made that uh, we shouldn't respond. I think even Councillor Powerhouse may have said it on one instance. This isn't one instance. Three and a half years ago in a, in a place called Wallasey in Cheshire, a young constable was stopping uh, a car being stolen. He went to open the door. They drove away. His arm caught in it. He was dragged half a mile and he died. I could quote more because I've got about seven down here, but uh, I don't want to repeat, as you said, Chair, this is not a single instance. My, my question really is, and, and I don't know the answer to this, I don't know if uh, Councillor Day does, and uh, it's a big one for me, um, which I think might help Councillor Dean and others who, who are looking at this from a, a, a lawful point of view. I'd like to know what the top sentence that a judge can pass down for for life. In other words, if it is manslaughter, what is the top sentence and the lowest for murder? Because it seems to me this is, this is the real issue of where the law will hopefully be amended, because this won't go. This is, this is a, a good attempt, but with all the uh, expertise that the police federation and others will help uh, Mrs. Harper, they will help us to, they will help her to do this law better. For me, it would be very nice to know what the highs and lows of murder sentencing are in the justice system, because that, I think, is where we will get justice. I'm not, I'm not nowhere near as uh, learned as um, Councillor Fairhurst about laws, etc., but it's a very common sense thing to me. If I knew that the judge, if we, if he had 
if the jury had returned uh, a sentence of murder, might well have turned around and gave the lowest part of the murder, which would be the highest part of manslaughter, it would be a problem for me. I will be voting for it. Um, I, I hope that Mrs Harper will be able to be helped by the Police Federation and others to, to frame the law in such a way that it is helpful. Thank you. Councillor Taylor. I was going to let Councillor Fairhurst, I think, was going to answer whether he knew the comment about the highest tariff for uh, manslaughter, because I, I, I think this is key to the key to the problem. I absolutely sympathise with every, everybody who has spoken that um, this is an appalling crime. Um, but I am, I do have a problem because uh, creating a new crime, and I'm not even quite sure what Harper's Law is proposing because um, what Councillor Day said about a third crime or whether the, it, there is a new crime of, of killing a policeman or whether it still revolves around manslaughter and murder. The whole problem with this case is that the sentence appears to be unduly low. And as we all probably do know, it has been referred by the Attorney General to the Court of Appeal, which I, my understanding is this has not yet been heard. So what I would hope is that justice can be seen to be done for everybody, but particularly the family, through the Court of Appeal, and that Harper's Law can be somehow rephrased into more helpful sentencing guidelines for judges. But I do feel very strongly that changes in decisions should be made by lawyers and not by politicians. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, thank you. I have just two brief comments to make. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst, I think, said that we are seeking to create a special group of people, a different group of people. That is absolutely not the case. What we're looking at here is the role that those people are playing and what they're doing when they're, when they're doing that role. They're not different people. It is the role that they're supporting. Uh, second, second comment on Councillor Dean's long speech. Basically, it was, we've got to stick to the status quo. And the whole message here is, actually, we're thinking the status quo needs looking at. And I think if we're doing this in, in planning terms, we'd say we're looking for have a tilted balance, a tilted balance that is there for the government to look at. Please have a look at this. Uh, we're not trying to specify actually the detail of a piece of legislation. Have a look at this. We need a bit more support for those people who we send out to do things that we are not required to do and they get killed doing it. So I'm supporting this. Um, nothing we put here is going to be perfect. But I think we need to say something. Thank you. Councillor Driscoll. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, where I may uh, support a motion on a... Um, a website or a physical hard copy, sign a petition, whatever, uh, for half or so, when I know a little more about it. I do not think this is a council matter, and therefore I will be abstaining. Thank you. Councillor Light. Oh, sorry, Councillor Fairhurst, I apologise. 
Thank you, Mr. Chair, for letting me come back. Um, just the two responses. The first is that we're not. It is a different class of victim, and in fact, the law already recognises that that when a victim is in the emergency service or a policeman, the question of parole is automatically presumed. So the law already recognises a different class of victim, and we can't change that. Um, but in terms of of of, of Councillor Taylor's point, it is a it's a choice between changing the law or addressing the, the sentencing guidelines. One is adjectival, one substantive. What we're suggesting here, what is suggested by the law, is that there's a new law, that the police now and the courts must recognise this is an emergency service victim, and therefore there's a mandatory sentence. What we're suggesting is that doesn't have to be the case. There is already a system in place where you can appeal a lenient sentence. But if we are serious, as we should be here, it is an important issue, we actually could be better informed by asking for a consideration of sentencing guidelines for all crimes, not just murder. And as to the question of manslaughter, yes, the sentencing guidelines do extend to a life sentence for manslaughter. But in this case, the judge, in his wisdom, decided that the youth of the offenders and the fact they didn't have the, actual, the necessary mens rea for a murder was sufficient to make it manslaughter and, in fact, to reduce the sentence. That's what will be appealed. So I'm saying the law is already there, but we should express outrage. There are. Crimes should have a, a different degree of leniency. And if people feel that, then we should have. So this council is in a position to do some real, something really good or support a law that is fundamentally unsound in jurisprudential terms. Thank you. Councillor Light. Thank you. And thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. That was um, uh, for all the information. I have to say that um, I, I like to learn, but I cannot learn law sufficiently to a depth uh, in such a sort space of time in order to enable me to make uh, an informed decision. I can make an emotional decision and say that I fully support the, uh, the widow, widow uh, Mrs. Harper, uh, I have every sympathy with the families uh, of all those emergency workers who lose their lives in the course of duty. Um, I would like to propose that we rethink this motion, that we don't, uh, not as it is proposed, but to express the deepest sympathy and support for Mrs Harper and perhaps to have some more informed debate or some proposal to say to strengthen the sentencing guidelines. I honestly don't feel that I can vote in favour of this, not because I don't care. It's because I don't. I cannot pronounce on law. I have not got the faculty, and you won't often hear me say that. I like to think I'm fairly competent. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Lachlan. Ben, I'll come back to you. Uh, well, I, I have some kind of a personal interest in this because I have a brother-in-law who's a policeman and a very much-loved nephew who's a policeman, and I wouldn't like to see them killed in the line of duty. Uh, however, I've spoken to a criminal barrister at some length about this who said that the CPS has clear guidelines on sentencing, and it's on, it's on the website, so you can find it. And I have no problem in people supporting this individually but I don't believe it is in the gift of any politician or any councillor or council to try to alter the judicial system of this country. We are, I suppose you'd call us minor politicians. It isn't our role. And I think once councils start trying to change the law, I think 
that is we're on a sticky wick and I think it's a dangerous thing to do and I will not be supporting this. Sorry, I couldn't get couldn't unmute there. Um thank you, Councillor Lockton. Councillor Stora. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I find myself I found myself listening intently to what's been said on this subject as a as I suspect that we all have, and I've agreed with, found it very interesting, and I've agreed, found myself agreeing with quite a lot that's been said. And I agree fully with the last two speakers, councillors Light and Lockley. It's clear to me, well, I think it's clear to me anyway, that nobody seems to understand quite what this law would involve going to protect, amongst other things, policemen, amongst other people, policemen. I understand that. Just imagine this scenario to, I don't know, Saturday afternoon, you have an off-duty policeman walking down a high street and there's a bank robbery. He or she intervenes and the worst happens, he or she loses his life. Question, is that a policeman or not? not acting as a policeman at the time. I can see this just being full of doubt and uncertainty as to how something like this would be applied. And um, like Councillor Light, I don't consider myself to be knowledgeable enough about the law. And like Councillor Lachlan, I don't think it's up to local councils to be getting involved in this. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Councillor Pepper and Councillor Freeman, and then I'm going to take it to a vote. Uh, I, I would just like to say... Councillor will have a chance to... Okay. Sorry, Councillor Lacan will have a chance to wind up. Is that right? Yeah, I've got that. Sorry. Um, I, I would just like to say with the law and with policies that we make, I don't see any problem with the fact that some should be regarded as outdated. I think, that, you know, quite often some laws should be reviewed again. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, I think that's something that, you know, needs to regularly be reviewed, um, that needs to be updated, um, you know, concerning more knowledge and evidence, you know, that we have, um, that we could consider, um, needs to be further, you know, considered, if you like. So um, that's why I don't see, you know, law necessarily as set in stone. So um, I think that, you know, in this particular case, maybe it should be, um, you know, revised. Thank so you. thank you. Councillor Freeman. And uh, then I'm going to go to Councillor Lacan. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I have two significant problems with this. One is that um, draconian laws do not deter criminals necessarily. At the moment of the execution of the crime, I don't think it makes a great deal of difference whether it's a 10-year or a 20-year sentence or a 30-year or a 40-year, or you can have the American ones where you stay until you die in jail. It doesn't make any difference. They still pull the trigger in America. People still die. Uh, murderers still exist. Uh, so I think just making a more draconian law doesn't alter the fact that the law probably was adequate anyway to stop the crime, and it didn't. 
for various reasons. The second thing is we're a, we're a level two council. Um, councils don't make laws, not this sort of law. We make the odd bylaw here and there. It's not our job. It's not within our purview. It's not our task to make laws. Uh, and it's disingenuous for us to attempt to do so. It's rather like the days, I'm old enough to remember when Basingstoke declared itself a nuclear-free zone. Um, there weren't, well, actually, you have Burfield down the road, uh, and that's where they make uh, British nuclear weapons. But apart from that, so it perhaps was almost right, but it wasn't even a port, so it didn't have a nuclear-powered ship going there. It is meaningless. Uh, and if we support this, it's, it's significant support. I believe in solidarity. Uh, I haven't yet decided whether I'm going to vote in favour of this or abstain. Uh, solidarity is important, but I don't think it changes anything, and we should address ourselves to things that we can change. That's why we were elected. We weren't elected to deal with stuff or attempt to deal with stuff over which we have no jurisdiction, Chairman. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Councillor Lacan, could you uh, just uh, wind up for... Yeah. Thank you, Councillor Lacan. Mute myself. Yeah, uh, I've just started my five minutes, so I've got a good five minutes, uh, Chair. Uh, mine's an interesting one, actually. Um, will our vote make any difference? Good question. Will it make any difference to the government's action going forward? Probably not. But what we can do is we can make a difference with the vote from Uttlesford of 86,000 residents of Uttlesford to say, yes, we do support this. So let me just put that aside and I'll come back to that in a second. As a media person, I'd like to just tell you a story. Um, in the USA, if somebody breaks into your house and you kill them in the garden, um, it's better to actually pull them into your house and then they can be seen as murdering you or, or, or whatever. So therefore, if somebody in the UK breaks into your house and he's about to rape your wife and you call the police and the policeman arrives, and that's the very important person because... You've got no, you don't have any weapons or such. The police arrive and the attacker has got a knife. The policeman falls. The attacker drops his knife, kills the policeman. Is that manslaughter or is that murder? I question the fact is that that is, that policeman came to your help, and he came to help you. It's the same as the emergency services come to help you. And how many times have we heard in the press about emergency services being abused by people that they're trying to help? So my view is quite simple, is an officer is doing his job whether it got, it was an accident that he got caught with the rope round the thing and he got dragged round the road is irrelevant. 
The fact is, he went to help somebody. And he's an officer, he's an emergency person. So really by rights, in actual fact, my view, I'm still only two minutes, 55 seconds, by the way, um, is, yes, these people do need protecting. And Harper's Law is one that, in actual fact, you know, it's all very well to say, well, we don't know, we are not sure, actually, the law and this barrister said and this barrister... I had studied George Carman for many, many years. What a clever man he was. And, and I put my thing now down to what he would say. And he would always say, in actual fact, one paragraph. And my paragraph to you, councillors, is our votes will make a difference. It will make a difference to the government. It may be very small, but it's a big, big difference. So, Chair, thank you. I commend this motion to the Council. And that's three minutes, 53 seconds, sir. Well done. Thank you. And now I'm going to take it to a vote. And it would I suspect this is going to have some dissent. Please show dissent against the motion. That means that we have to take it to a, a, a vote. And uh, Ben, he's standing by. I am indeed, Chair. OK, Thank when you. I call your name, please, councillors, um, please indicate whether you're for, against, or you're abstaining against uh, the motion. Um, Councillor Armstrong has left the meeting. Councillor Bagnall. Abstain. Councillor Barker has also left the meeting. Councillor Caton. Against. Councillor Coote. For the motion. Councillor Crisioni. Staying. Councillor Day. Four. Go on. Is Councillor Day? He will be four. Yep. Um, but can you indicate Councillor Day? Four. Thank you. Councillor DeFries. Abstain. Point, point of order, Chair, I think Mr. LeConte needs to, Councillor LeConte needs to go on mute. Uh, I thought I was. Yeah. Point of order, Chair, I mean, that language is not acceptable. I think we should have an apology from Councillor LeCount. You're on, Councillor LeCount. Now you're off. OK, if we just move on, I think it's understood. Thank you. Councillor Dean. Against. Councillor Driscoll. Abstain. Councillor Eek. Abstain. Councillor Evans. Abstain. Councillor Fairhurst. In solidarity for. Councillor Foley, you will be abstaining. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor Gregory. Four. Councillor Hargreaves. Four. Councillor Khan. Against. Councillor Lavelle. Four. Councillor LeCount. 
Paul. Yeah. Councillor Lees. Oh, space bar not working for. Councillor Lemon. Abstain. Thank you. Councillor Light. Abstain. Councillor Lodge. Councillor Council. Councillor Lachlan. Against. Councillor Luck. Abstain. Councillor Merrifield. Abstain. Councillor Oliver. Abstain. Councillor Pavitt. Abstain. Councillor Pepper. Four. Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Sell. Against. Councillor Stora. Against. Councillor Taylor. Against. Okay, just let me total these up, please, Jen. So that is carried, Chair. 12 for, 9 against, 11 abstentions. Uh, sorry, Mr Ferguson. My count is only 7 against, 12 abstained, 12 for. Well, I'll check again. A point of order, Chair. Thank Chairman. You. Chair. Mm. Sorry, I couldn't. Oh, yes. Uh, bearing in mind that the number of people who have voted against an abstention, can we really say that this motion has the support of this council? Technically, yes. It's technically yes. You're right, and uh, you know a majority four, and we're we're not doing single transferable vote here, councillor. So this is this is the only way we can do it. The Whatever people feel, um, there was a there is a majority of people that chose to sh show the vote to vote in favour. I don't think I can find any other way of um, expressing it. Um, sorry, are, are we checking the numbers, Ben? I am sure. I. <coughs> I mean, in both cases, there's a majority, isn't the Council of Driscoll? But we just wanted to make sure that uh, the numbers are. Yes, and I'm prepared to be um, told I'm wrong. It's just that uh, my, my my count was different to Mr. Ferguson's. That was all. Well, well, it is carried, Chair. I will check the recording to ensure after the meeting. Okay. It's, uh, um, by the end of the meeting, possibly as we move on, if you could, if you could. Um, just let us know the, the final number. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do that whilst the meeting's ongoing, Chair. Oh, okay. if you could, uh, it's not going to make a difference to the vote. Uh, uh, item 13. I now invite Councillor Lachlan to present her motion 
to council regarding planning white paper. I'm going to go straight into it. It's All this has all been uh, circulated. There's some twists in this. This has the potential to go on till midnight. So I'm begging you, please, to... I mean, I'd be... Um, it's been, this has been very passionate and very important to, uh, to all of you, and, and thank you all for, for your contributions. But um, just be aware of the time. It's now quarter past, it's getting on for quarter past ten. Uh, so if I can ask Councillor Auckland to uh, go ahead, it's going to be um, seconded by Councillor Caton. Is that right, Councillor Caton? Well, uh, Chair, can I speak to the motion? I, there's no need to read it out, is there? Because it's already there. It's but I'd like to have the opportunity to speak to my motion. Thank you. Can I do that? Yes, you can. Right, OK. Here we go. Right. Uh, the Localism Act, which was published by the Department of Communities and Local Government, states, and I quote, that local government plays a crucial role in the life of the nation. It says that for too long, central government has hoarded and concentrated power, trying to improve people's lives by imposing decisions from Whitehall simply doesn't work. The planning white paper says the government's ambition is to build 3,000 new homes annually. Sorry, is somebody saying something? No. Uh, annually, I've lost myself. This is bound to have an impact on our district, and there is no reason to suppose that Arkansas will be immune from the government's huge planning ambition. Concern has been raised at three categories for growth, renewal, and protection, and the fast tracking of beautiful homes would lead to the loss of affordable homes, and the Royal Institute of British Architects fear that it could lead to the creation of slum dwellings. The Town and Country Planning Association have said that they are concerned about how these changes will impact on local people's voice in the planning process. They are also worried that the new system won't be fit to deal with the climate crisis or the delivery of genuinely affordable homes. These are only two of some of the well-respected professional bodies expressing their concerns. We must ensure that our young people have good quality, truly affordable homes so they can remain close to family and friends. Too many are forced to leave because they can't afford to stay. And this is an expensive area. We need to ensure that local people have the right to speak for and against the development that affects their quality of life. Developments, developments should enhance, not destroy local character. The white paper promises beautiful homes. Well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder which should be the local community, not some government bureaucrat or a developer's vision of what is beautiful. On a positive note, the government has said it will protect the Greenbelt, and I sincerely hope the council will hold the government to account if this is breached. The council has always protected Atlas's Greenbelt by strong policies in local plans. Since the withdrawal of the Atlasford local plan, housing number requirements have increased from 715 to 1,250 annually. Removing the right of residents to object to applications would be grossly unfair and undemocratic. A leading barrister has said that literally nothing trailed in Robert Jenwick's public statements could not already be achieved under the current planning system. 
Today, in the Commons, Conservative MP Robert Seeley condemned the algorithm method to plan housing supplies. Former Minister, former Prime Minister Theresa May said the use of a formula to assess housing need in England does not guarantee a single extra home being built. I believe this planning white paper will be a disaster for democracy and local planning and will be detrimental to local communities. Thank you. You're on mute, Chair. See, it's getting late. I'm losing, I'm losing the plot here. I'm sorry I had to come last, but somebody had to. <laughs> right. We also have um, an amendment uh, that's being proposed. Ben, where do we go on this? Because there's actually, I noticed at the bottom of this, there's a potential third amendment. Second Amendment. That, that's correct. I'd like to take Second Amendment right now. Well, we've, we've, um, we've had notice of an amendment and we've had yeah. notice of a further amendment to the amendment. So um, we've got Councillor Caton to second Councillor Lachlan's original proposal. Yeah. Um, we've had notice from Councillor Evans for this amendment. If that carries, yeah. then we yeah. would look at Councillor Caton's further amendment. So at this stage, would Councillor Kate like to say anything now or wait till Councillor Evans has spoken? Councillor Caton. Uh, yes, I would be uh, prepared to wait until Councillor Evans has spoken. Okay. Councillor Evans, can I call you now then, please, through your amendment? Uh, thank you, uh, Chairman. Uh, in many respects, um, there is a... Um, a wafer of paper uh, between uh, me and Councillor Lochlin. Uh, but the reason that I propose this amendment is really to uh, seek to extract um, a commitment and an agreement from across the floor uh, here at Uttlesford uh, that our points of view actually have a common interest. We, of course, uh, as the Residence Party, absolutely promote the idea of democracy, transparency and involvement. Uh, my amendment actually is put forward on that fundamental premise, but unfortunately it has not been accepted as such, as reflected in the amendment proposed to my amendment, uh, which uh, we might need to look at uh, later. Uh, that is a great uh, shame because I do sense that uh, there is some uh, attempt here going on to uh, make some false politics out of something which really ought not to be a political football uh, among, among us. It might be said, actually, that this white paper is not something which is susceptible of a detailed debate. It is, after all, a very technical document uh, which does not actually make for easy debate in a chamber like this. Uh, it contains 24 specific proposals. It asks 28 questions uh, by way of consultation. Uh, and as was reported in my uh, report, which was um, put before you all earlier, uh, we are very actively uh, preparing draft responses already to that consultation, which will be submitted by the 29th of October. 
Like the previous consultation in relation to, among other things, the housing numbers, I think it's uh, to be expected that our our, uh, consultation responses will be very detailed, very thorough. uh, And those responses to the numbers, as it were, the housing numbers, went in uh, last week. I think everyone can uh, rely on the fact that the job is going to be done thoroughly, with care, uh, and we will not be in a position to debate each and every one of these uh, issues in full council. My amendment, I would respectfully suggest, uh, is uh, perhaps tighter and more limited uh, in its uh, scope uh, than the uh, terms of the um, resolution proposed by Councillor Lochlin. I think it meets uh, the needs described by Councillor Lochlin, but in perhaps a more uh, directed uh, way, uh, based, as I say, upon the reference to it being a cross-party uh, proposal. I think it is desirable that uh, my amendment be uh, considered in substitution for that of Councillor Lochlin. One reason for that actually being that it would show that there is solidarity, uh, if it is passed, uh, among us all here in Uttlesford, that solidarity, that clarity, which I hope is conveyed by my draft, is then capable of being put forward, not just to um, <clears throat> Mrs. Badenoch, our MP, uh, but also to uh, Mr. Jenrick, the minister. Uh, meetings have been arranged uh, between our officers and the uh, ministry recently. I think it would be very apposite for something which carries weight from across the floor to be capable of going from uh, Uttlesford down to Whitehall, uh, showing that we are all ad idem. My my draft amendment, I think, covers all of the issues which uh, Councillor Lochlin describes, the transparency, the democracy, the involvement of communities, which are very important, as is reflected, of course, in the... Uh, statement of community involvement, uh, for example, which came before the um, LPLG uh, last week. Uh, So uh, with respect, uh, I would uh, ask that my amendment be uh, considered uh, and voted upon and adopted as uh, a substitute in place of that of uh, Councillor Lochlin, uh, prefaced and predicated, as I say, on the basis that It is something which will hopefully emerge from this chamber uh, as a joint production across the whole of our political uh, forum. There should not be any uh, issue between us on this, bearing in mind the very technical nature of the issues and the questions which are uh, to be answered uh, by us uh, by the 29th of uh, October. So I'd respectfully ask uh, colleagues uh, to support my amendment. You're on mute, Chair. Thank you. Can before I go to Councillor Light, can I go to Councillor Caton? We, we to... yeah, Councillor Caton. Uh, we do need a seconder for Councillor Evans's uh, amendment. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm seconding Thank that, you, Councillor Ferguson. And can I now go to Councillor Caton to ask if he accepts the amendment 
on the face of it, or do you want to go through the whole process? It's um, Councillor Lachlan's um, motion chair, so it would but, be... Give me a second. I was thinking about his, the oh, thing that's coming afterwards. Councillor Kenson does need to comment, as he was seconded to the yeah. original motion. Yes. yes. Councillor Caden. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I, I, I'm unkind of certain how much detail I need to go into it because I do want to pass the or propose the amendment uh, once uh, Councillor Evans' uh, amendment is actually um, discussed and voted on. But I, I have to say that I'm one of the reasons why I'm a bit perplexed is why if he thought that he'd improved the the motion, if he actually cut the whole motion out, the whole words, it's not an improvement. The uh, the uh, monitoring officer might regard this as not being a negative uh, amendment. But in reality, it is. And that does not show cross-party working on in the council. It is actually a fragrant, you know, one-upmanship exercise on behalf of the administration. And that is why I have put a second amendment. And I have to say I disagree totally with Councillor Evans when he says that his uh, motion is tighter. It's actually weaker. It removes all the, the discussion about the loss of local democratic control over the planning framework and uh, planning applications. And I have to say also, uh, he has said in the, his motion that uh, we should endorse what was submitted to the Ministry on the um, changes to the local planning system. Well, the cross-party local plan leadership group uh, on question two or question three uh, of that consultation paper uh, responded uh, to to for, uh, uh, his amended response. He moved two points that the LPLG uh, actually put in to their response. When the subsequent response to the ministry went, uh, two points were removed, one of which said that the proposed affordability ratio is, not, is of no use in calculating the needs of people in the private-rented and the social housing markets. The second point that he removed uh, also said that the ratio does not account for cases where a significant number of, of employees work in the district and live nearby across the administrative border. This is the case of, of Stancy Airport, where a significant portion of workers employed whose earnings are actually significantly less than the district median 
live outside the district because it is more convenient. My reading of this is that the council does not consider that the housing needs of the lower paid are a vital component of our local housing demand. Why did they remove those two points which actually look at the more vulnerable uh, uh, people in our society? So I, I'm, I'm sorry, there does not seem to be a genuine cross-party uh, ethos to this administration. You pay lip service, but then you act in a totally arbitrary way. You've negated my colleague's uh, motion, and you've actually ignored something that the local plan leadership group said, uh, and, and therefore, and then you want us to work constructively with you. Well, I'm sorry, uh, th th that's not how I think the, the council should be run. And I will be opposing uh, Councillor Evans's um, amendment, and will be uh, opposing a separate amendment, which does cover both the local democratic argument and the very crucial point about uh, automatic granting or planning permission of land which is designated for growth under the new scheme. There was no mention in Councillor Evans's uh, motion at all opposing that. Thank you. I'll give Councillor Evans a chance to come back, but I want to take in a few more people. Uh, thank you, uh, Councillor Kane. Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, I have to say that um, the um, amendment, Councillor Evans' amendment, uh, are full of nice and elegant words, beautifully put, but really quite pointless. I don't understand from this, uh, second time this evening, I fail to understand what the difference is actually. And I also fail to understand what is so unacceptable about Councillor Lochlin's proposal and motion, which I thought was very well put, detailed, easy to understand, um, and makes all the points. What exactly uh, is the need to make an amendment? And as said, nicely written, but has very little substance to it. So I will certainly be voting against this. And I think that in solidarity and in support in the cross-party working, then there should be support for Councillor Lachlan's uh, motion, which I think is excellent. And is, as, as I know, Councillor Lachlan is always concerned uh, about planning and about houses for local people. So I'm sure it's with the best motivation that her motion was put forward and I will be supporting that and I really fail to understand uh, that Councillor Evans has put in, um, right. struck out all the words. I find that unacceptable. Thank you. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chair. Good evening. Um, it's a rather perplexing situation and, 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 and I, I have a slightly different view, but it goes to the very nature of the process we have here because 
Um, uh, Councillor Evans himself says he's tried to be tighter and more limited, um, but he doesn't deny or supports everything that, that Janice Lachlan says, Councillor Lachlan says, um, and they're not mutually exclusive concepts. What we have before us is two rather valid um, um, motions. One doesn't negate the other. Um, this is not an amendment, um, and I'd be inclined to vote for both. Um, isn't that a problem? I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's a philosophical issue here. This amendment tends to change things because something is materially false or, or, or redundant. In both cases, neither of them are. So, so I'm a bit perplexed. I'd like to see how this one turns out. Okay. Thank you. Councillor Chris Gornley, please. Thank you, Chair. Well, it's, I mean, it's no secret, and I think Councillor Sell um, made the point in a previous meeting, perhaps of the Local Plan Scrutiny Committee, um, that there is a disquiet, discord amongst the conservative ranks across the country on the planning white paper. Um, briefly, on Councillor Lachlan's motion, well, I think it was fair to say I was never going to support it. It just seems to moan, 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 moan and not actually propose anything positive. Uh, and that's no offence to her. Um, and it's no offence to her, of course, because I've only come to discover recently in a, in a, a group leader's group chat uh, that... This is a nationally led campaign by the Liberal Democrats and there are motions like this popping up at council meetings all over the country. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so I'm, I would never have uh, supported the initial motion, but I realise we're debating Councillor Evans' motion, which I would say is much more reasonable. It's no secret that me and members of my group have genuine concerns about the planning white paper. And we are going to do our utmost, both in working with members of Parliament um, and local government colleagues, to try and make that better before it comes into legislation. The points that Councillor Evans has laid out in his amendment, I have to agree with for the most part. Um, and they express concerns that I have, genuinely. Um, however, I would disagree with the fact that this proposal of the planning white paper uh, doesn't achieve the aim of improving the planning system. I would argue that overall it does. However, there are still some very valid concerns that have been raised and that will need to be answered as we move forward past the consultation. So in that sense, um, I'm very sympathetic to the views that have been raised. I'm happy, I must say, and that our Member of Parliament has come back with a response to this motion. I feel that she is working on this. Um, I've been talking to her regularly about it since the motion came around. So if anything, Councillor Lachlan, you've, uh, you've triggered a conversation there. Um, so I will vote against the motions for those reasons, um, but I'm certainly sympathetic, as I believe my group is. Councillor Lachlan. Sorry, sorry, Chair, point of order. Um, because Councillor Lachlan moved the original motion, she gets to speak at the end. She cannot comment on the amendment whilst debate is still mm -hmm. ongoing. So if we take Councillor Merrifield first, then Councillor Lockwood yeah. can wrap up and that, before we go to a And then I'm going to move yeah. to a more... Councillor Merrifield. Thank you. Hello? You're on. You're off. Yeah. Hello, thank you. Um, yes, I. it disturbs me and I'm saddened that this, this motion, Councillor Lockwood even brought this motion, um, and to hear Councillor Light say... That we are not, you know, we're not, and if I get this wrong, I apologise. That we're not, for, you know, we're not for the for the planning system. And I, it's sorry, I'm getting myself a bit mixed up because it, it sort of annoyed me with what I heard. Um, 
we we were always going to reply to the constitution and that was obvious why wouldn't we because that's what we're here for we are here to represent the people that voted for us all of us and to make this a point um of discussion and rancor in and to bring it up actually really quite upsets me we are working for the people in this district um and to make this a discussion and to make this even brought to us in in committee it could have been much simpler that we would we would send a reply to this consultation and to vote and to write to our mp about it to ask her to support us and that could have been i, I personally i only see that as what we should have done okay. you know and that is it i i cannot see why this this motion was brought with all of that in it i really can't thank you thank you uh, councillor driscoll The planning white paper is nothing but a charter for developments. Sorry, developers. This was quoted to me by Annex District Councillor and um, Annex District Chair, who some of you will know um, quite well, Elizabeth um, Godwin. So I, I second the, the, the motion from John Evans. Because I think this is cross-party. We have to be united. Now, I don't know why other people stood in the election. I stood in the election so as to help the residents in Atmosford. I'm assuming that every one of you stood for the same reasons. We cannot argue and score points against one another on something as important as this. It has to be a combined effort. And that is why I seconded the motion or changed to the motion by Councillor Evans. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Councillor Lemon, Councillor Bagnall, then Councillor Stewart. Just very quickly, I do agree with Councillor Merrifield in what she said. And I do agree with Councillor Driscoll, and I shall be uh, voting for Councillor Evans um, amendment. Thank you. That's it. Councillor Bagnall. Thank you, Chair. Can, uh, if I may, I've got a question of Councillor Evans, which concerns the, uh, the amended amendment, if that's the right terminology. Uh, in, in the red text, point two, it says oppose the granting of automatic rights for developers. Uh, I'd like Councillor Evans, if he could, to tell me how that is covered under his proposal. Sorry, sorry, point of clarification there, Councillor Bagnall. The um, document which has the red text is the further amendment, which was will be moved by Councillor Caton once Councillor Evans's amendment has been approved. We haven't got oh, okay, to so I can't ask that at the moment. Well, we haven't got there because if the amendment doesn't carry, then the further amendment will not be tabled. Okay, because it, well, it makes it difficult for me to to vote either way because I want to make sure something is covered. So, I, but are you saying I can't answer that? I can't ask that question. If you're referring to the red text, then that's in relation to Councillor Caton's further amendment. So, yeah, yeah, right now, get there. Okay, fair enough. 
Okay, uh, Councillor Stora. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I'd just like to endorse everything that Councillor Merrifield said. Thank you. Good. So I can now go to, I think, Councillor Lachlan. Janice, Councillor Lachlan. Oh, please, I don't mind. <laughs> but I'm really quite disappointed. I, I'm not surprised uh, with Councillor Cruzcione's, um statement. is certainly what I would have expected. Um, but I am disappointed um, in that the motion... Uh, was changed. In fact, if it had been an exam paper, it would have, it was all had lines all scrawled through it. And uh, it was sort of go away, could do better. And here I am, I have done better. But no, it isn't. It's weakened. It's a, it's a very bad motion. And it, there's no mention of the algorithm uh, method of, of housing numbers. And when I spoke before this motion, that came from the heart, that came from me. That's nothing to do with any Liberal Democrat thing. And anybody who knows me will know that I'm very passionate about planning and about local people having a say in whether in the places they live. Um, you know, I, I really fully understand we come from a, a beautiful district that has lovely picturesque villages, bustling towns. It's somewhere that we're all proud to live in. And I, and I really resent the fact that somebody has turned around and said, oh, this is a Lib Dem motion. Because, yes, it is. But it's, it's a Lib Dem motion because we feel strongly about it. And I'm really, I'm very, very sick. And I, I, we all know what algorithms did to the A-level results. And I don't want the same to happen to the housing numbers. And Theresa May has said that today, as has Robert Seeley. And to leave that out, which is a fundamental part of the plan of the, of the paper, I mean, it's absolutely disgraceful. And it isn't um, a, a paper thin between us. It's a big divide. And that is the biggest. And I'm sorry, I will not vote for this motion. Can I, Susan Chair, can I make a point of order? Yes. Um, the algorithm and I can stand to be corrected, haven't we actually replied to that one already? I thought we had. Uh, Councillor Evans, you were. Uh, did I see you wanting to speak there? So, I beg your pardon, I was just nodding, which is um, uh, rather rude of me, apologies. Uh, but yes, that, that, is the res that is covered by the response that we made uh, last week on the <coughs> first of the consultation exercises. Uh, but all of the points... Um, that have been uh, mentioned this evening will be made and will be amplified uh, and uh, included in our very detailed response to be submitted by the 29th of October. And that, I repeat, is really why this is not a very appropriate debate for us to be having and why, uh, if I might just uh, briefly say, uh, I did modify and amend uh, the proposal of Councillor Lochlin in order to make it plainer and more tight, because so many things will be included and amplified upon, and as you can see from my wording, uh, will, among other matters, da-di-da. And among other matters, you know, is a very broad, providing for a very broad church. We will deal with all of these technical issues with utmost uh, thoroughness, uh, and the material will be consulted upon as we're going forward before the 29th of October. Um, so there are assurances to that effect, which I hope will uh, assist uh, my colleagues. Thank you. Uh, we're heading towards 11 o'clock there, as I can see ahead. Um, Councillor Caton. 
Um, then I'm going to ask Councillor Lodge to speak. Councillor Caton. Thanks, Mr Chairman. Yes, we have um, commented on the algorithm, but I think the motion was actually talking about actually lobbying the MP about the effect and the impact of the algorithm on the number of uh, houses in Uttlesford or proposed for Uttlesford. So it isn't actually talking about the white paper uh, in the motion. It's talking about lobbying her about the impact of the algorithm on Uttlesford's housing requirements. So I think there was there is a misunderstanding yes. that we're talking solely about the white paper. Okay. Um, Kevin, sorry, can I raise a, a point of order? I know the hour is late, but I thought it was very important. At the beginning of the meeting, I declared that I may have an interest in this item. I think uh, people probably would have gathered uh, by me contributing that I don't have a, an okay. interest in the item, and that's been confirmed by the monitoring officer. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Lodge, and then I'll, um, because of the motion, I'll go back to Councillor Lachlan at the end. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chairman. You, you may have noticed that we seem to have got caught in uh, what seems to be a party political spat between two Westminster parties, which uh, really is not appropriate. And if the uh, Lib Dem contingent had really wanted to make these points, it would have been made very sensible for them to talk to the administration about it because we are very much on the same wavelength in uh, in many ways. Um, and in fact, there were three major requests, um, two of which we, we've already done, we had already done. So uh, the, the motion really comes along as rather pointless. Um, the other thing then, the communications with uh, RMP, um, that, that was obviously going to happen. We've, we've suggested also we include uh, Councillor Jenrick in that. Um, it's obvious that this motion was put down really primarily for party political ends. Uh, as we said, it's, uh, it's a broad Westminster motion that's, that's going on. Um, and it, it would have been easy to, 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 to come to uh, an agreement on that. I think that's further evidence, and we shall see as the debate moves on. In the um, proposed amendment to the amendment, the one thing that is struck out from that amendment, and I may address this later, is that we are looking for a cross-party agreement it's patently obvious that the Lib Dems do not want a cross-party agreement. Therefore, when we come to the amendment to the amendment, it is something that should be grossly unacceptable to this council. And so uh, we wouldn't accept that amendment to the amendment. The only way forward is to take um, Councillor Evans' amendment. And I would suggest to the uh, chairman now that we get on with it. Thank you. I will get on with it. I'm the, I'm finishing this now. Apart from because of the the proposal, the original proposal of the original motion, Councillor Lachlan will will just wind up. I, I hope. Yeah, is that right, Councillor Lachlan? Well, I just wanted to. Know, I really resent that 
I do belong to a political party. Yes, I do. And so does Councillor Councillor Criscione. We can't help that. That's what we chose. That you chose not to belong to a club of any kind and go out on your own, then that's fine. But please don't knock other people because they have an ethos that they stick to. I really, really resent that. And I did not put this motion because it was a Lib Dem motion. I put it because I thought it was the right thing to do for the people of this district. That you chose to change it is entirely up to you. Then I really don't care. I know what I feel and uh, I will stick to that. I will not agree to your motion because I think it's wishy-washy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. You're muted, Chair. Do you... Ben, help me out here. I'm getting through this. Okay. Um, we take the first one first, don't we? Well, we actually take the amendments. Um, so, Councillor Evans's amendments become the substantive motion. So, that's the next yeah. vote. So, we're voting on uh, Councillor Evans's amendment becoming the substantive motion. Is that clear? Yes. Okay. So, it's, everybody got that? Thumbs up that you understand that we would, what we're doing. Yeah, good. So, uh, because I am already know this dissent, we'll take it straight away to um, the vote. Ben, can you start the process, please? Absolutely. So, for, against, abstain, please. Um, Councillor Armstrong has left the meeting. Councillor Bagnall. Or Councillor Barker has left the meeting. Councillor Caton. Against. Councillor Coote. For. Councillor Crisioni. Against. Councillor Day. For. Councillor De Vries. For. Councillor Dean. Against the wishy-washy amendment. Councillor Driscoll. Chair, point of order. Oh, come on, that... Please, can I continue with the roll call? Councillor Driscoll. Oh. Councillor Eek. Oh. Councillor Evans. Oh. Councillor Fairhurst. Oh. Councillor Foley will be abstaining. Councillor Freeman. Oh. Councillor Gregory has left the meeting. Councillor Hargreaves. Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you. Councillor Isham is not here. Councillor Khan. Against. Councillor Lavelle. All. Councillor LeCount. I can't see you, Councillor. Yeah, you're, you're muted. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Lees. Sorry, my space bar's not working. Four. Thank you. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Light. Against. Councillor Lodge. Four. Councillor Lachlan. Oh, definitely against. Councillor Luck. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Oliver. Against. Councillor Pavitt. Four. Councillor Pepper. Four. 
Councillor Reeve. Four. Councillor Sell. Against. Councillor Storer. Four. Councillor Taylor. Four. Thank you. I believe that's carried. I'll just toss up the votes. Right. Yeah, can I just make a point, actually? I think it's... Can you hear me? I'm not sure. Yes, okay. I think it's very wrong for people to be interrupting the votes. Uh, that's not acceptable in any shape or form. So I just make that point. Thank Thanks, you. Can. Okay. Thank you, Councillor Khan. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Councillor Khan, I'm sure... Are you, can, you, can you open your mic just for a moment? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you understood you miss misspoke earlier. I'm sure you want to apologise. I would always apologise every time. Thank so if I say anything that's detrimental to any councillor or anything to the Joe public, I really do apologise. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I just come in there. Also, I would ask that Councillor Dean should also make an apology for making inappropriate comments in chamber. I will do no such thing. I said I said I was voting against, and I explained why. Well, I've uh, counted the votes, Chair. Um, it's twenty-two for eight against. Right, so that's carried. Count, yeah, so that's carried. we do we then do discuss the Councillor Caton's amendment to well, the amendment. Well, Councillor Caton needs to propose the further amendment to the amendment, and we do need a seconder. Is that something you want to do, given the arithmetic? Councillor Caton? Councillor Caton? Yes, I didn't expect that we were going to win that one, no. Councillor Foley, uh, and I think it's a, I need to pursue this to the the very end, because that is what the, the, uh, the administration does all the time. So okay. why shouldn't I join the party? Well, it, it's, it's getting fairly late, but um, should we take it, are you accept that we take it straight to a vote? Because the arguments have been fairly well. Uh, do you accept that or do you want to say any more? No, no, no I do wish to have some space. I'm so sorry, what did you say? I do wish to say something. Well, um, it, your floor is yours, Councillor Kitten. Okay. I mean, the reason for uh, the amendment was that I did realise that we didn't stand much chance against the block vote of the residents' party. But I, I do think there are two crucial weaknesses in uh, Mr. Councillor Evans's um Amendment, it, it fails to talk about maintaining the local democratic control over the local plan process and the development goal process. It's something he has mentioned in his report to the, uh, to the council to, today, but is not actually mentioned at all in his motion. And secondly... There is a point that uh, Councillor Bagnall has picked up. It says nothing about the proposed uh, automatic granting of planning permission 
on land that is designated for growth in any new local plan under the new process, which, you know, we've got to accept our local plan is going to be done under the new process. Uh, and that, and I, I am greatly opposed to automatic um, granting of planning permission. And therefore, it should be one of the things that is specified in the list in the uh, motion that is uh, now on the table from Councillor Evans. And, and I just think those two things are crucial to our cross-party uh, approach to this um, problem. Um, and I, I am actually somebody who is prepared to work across party, and my colleagues are, but we do need to be respected. And that is why I'm, I actually joint um, proposed the deposit scheme with Councillor Pepper, because I am willing to work across party, but I do need some respect from uh, my colleagues, which sometimes one does not seem to be getting. Um, and at that, I will leave it at that, Mr Chairman. Thank you. I will ask Councillor Evans if he wants to respond to that, because it's a direct offer. Councillor Evans. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the direct offer uh, was, but um, perhaps I could just reiterate that the responses which will be given to the consultation will be the matter of deep consideration, uh, as was the case in respect of the housing numbers uh, consultation. Uh, the white paper is contains a lot of general, general questions, but it also contains a lot of detailed questions, and there's an unlimited scope for us to respond to it. Uh, and uh, I would suggest that the points which have been made this evening and included uh, now uh, can be validly incorporated in our responses. Uh, but I would, um, again, urge uh, that we find our way uh, to include in uh, the resolution this evening a statement of common, uh, common purpose, uh, that this is described uh, as a joint venture on our collective parts, it will, I think, carry rather more weight in the eyes of the Minister and also uh, hopefully our MP, uh, that we collectively are able to say that this is a cross-party cross uh, approach. Uh, so again, I uh, repeat that request uh, that that be included in whatever resolution we pass this evening. I will give Councillor Caton an opportunity to try and Meet you there, then, if that's possible right now, Councillor King. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite willing to... Uh, I'm going above my brief with my colleagues, no doubt. Oh, uh, I, uh, I will be quite willing to reinstate the, the, the lines or the words which are, have been deleted on the first page or the first line of your motion, if you are prepared to accept the two points that I have added to the uh, your motion. And then I think we have got a cross-party uh, agreement, but uh, that is purely that, up to that, Evans now. Evans, is that something you'd be willing to consider? 
And we could alter, uh, Ben, we could alter that now, couldn't we? So this would be Councillor Evans altering the amendment, which has just been yeah. passed. I think I, I'm not saying it wants to, I'm, I'm just saying it could be done. Councillor Evans, I'll, I'll bring everybody else in that wants to speak in a moment. Well, I think this is, a, this is, this is a, an indication of genuine yes. preparation. And uh, yes, I am willing to yeah. agree to that in the spirit that's been declared. Uh, but I would certainly hope that there is not going to be any uh, political game playing uh, arising out of this. I think with this concluding I, positive remark, uh, the answer is uh, certainly yes. Uh, I, I would agree to the amendments to point one and two in red ink uh, and for the red ink in the preamble uh, to be deleted uh, so that the preamble reads, this council being of the opinion that there is cross-party consensus uh, to seek to improve the planning system. You got that, Ben. Sorry, I, 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 I'm I have not points one and two, but we will be having. So we will we will keep this council being of the opinion that there is cross party consensus. Can, uh, Councillor Evans, Councillor Caton, can we bank that? Can we thumbs up to bank that? Then I'll take it to a vote. So, so just to be uh, clear, just to be clear, it's essentially Councillor Evans's amendment with the additional uh-huh. two points from Councillor Caton's yeah. further amendment. Yes, we can yeah. do that. We certainly can do that. Councillor Driscoll was the seconder. As long as he's in agreement, the... the Councillor Driscoll, can you thumbs up that that's, you're in agreement? I can't see you, but can you tell me yes? Um, just wait two seconds. Yeah. You, uh, am I open? Can you hear me? You are, you are Councillor Driscoll. That's good, because I can't get the picture and the Zoom back. I was reading oh. the uh, supplementary pack, and I can't get back for some reason. Uh, um, yes, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. Sorry, I'm waffling now. Um, now, uh, I see Councillor Pavitt. So we, we're going to bank that and come back to that in a moment. And, and then, Kens, uh, then then Ben's going to read it out, out and we'll use that as a motion. Hey, oh, Kens, there you are. Councillor Pavitt, can I, um, can I just bring you in quickly? Yes? Very quickly. I suspect I might be speaking for all the members who are still in this meeting as to being completely bemused. Yeah as to why this has ever arisen. We've gone all the way around the houses. But we're getting there. Different routes to arrive at the same destination. We're getting agreement. That's quite the... a waste of time. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's right. We, we've got an agreement now, though. So um, let's go with this. Ben, can you read it out? And then we okay. can... So to save them to read the whole thing out, because it's rather long... No, no, just it's, leave it's a check. The, it's the uh, amendment as approved by council that was uh, tabled by Councillor Evans with an additional two points. The additional, the additional two points read as follows. Um, support the local determination of the planning framework and planning yeah. applications which will enable local communities to continue to shape their future. Point two, oppose the granting of automatic rights for developers to build on land identified for growth in local plans made under the proposed new plan making process. Is that correct, Councillor Caton? Councillor Evans. Yes, both of yes. Okay. Both of us said yes. So we have an amendment. Councillor yeah. Evans. Excuse, excuse me. Yes, Didn't can... we want the cross party bit in there? That that stays because that's in the current amendment, the current motion on the table, that is in there. So that, that Thank you. that's in there. Thank you. Good point. Um should I now take this? Chairman, to... Chairman point of order. Is this 
um, the original amendment, or is this now Councillor Caton's amendment with an amendment to it? This, this is, sorry, Chair, if I may. So if it's Councillor Caton's amendment with an amendment to it, you need a seconder. It, it's not um, Councillor Caton's amendment, it's Councillor Evans's no, amendment. Evans's amendment with an amendment to that. Councillor Driscoll seconded it and it's no, no, we're, dis we're discussing Councillor Caton's amendment at the moment. We never had a seconder for that. We, we, we are still on the, the amendment which has become the substantive motion because Councillor Caton and Councillor Evans have come to an agreement and Councillor Evans has altered his, his motion to include the two points in the further amendment. Does that, does that make on. sense? It's late at night. I know it is. <laughs> well, one go. Let's, let's move on. I'm, I'm going to ask if there's any dissent now from uh, what's been just read out. Is there any dissent? I cannot see any dissent, but oh, uh, that means that we're gonna have to take a vote, um, Councillor Lachlan. Is there dissent or do you want to raise your hand over a question? I can't hear you. It's a dissent. So we're gonna now take it to a vote. Okay. Is that right? Yes. I, I dissent too, Chair. All right. I thought we had a deal there. Right. Okay. Oh, we were so near, I thought. We were so near. Good. Um, we're going to take it to vote now. There's no other way. Ben, can I leave it to you? Okay, yeah. so we are voting on the amendment, which has become the substantive motion from Councillor Evans, but altered to include the two points that Councillor mm -hmm. Caton would have included in the further amendment. Yeah. Okay. Councillor Bagnall, for against abstention. Just for, for clarity, this is now the substantive motion that we're voting on. Is, yeah, the derived correct. substantive motion. And hence the final vote. Yes, yeah. that's correct. Thank you. This is the final vote. Councillor Bagnall. Or. Councillor Caton. Or. Councillor Coote. Or. Councillor Crisioni. Against. Councillor Day. Or. Councillor De Vries. Or. Councillor Dean. Or. Councillor Driscoll. Or. Councillor Eek. Or. Councillor Evans. Or. Councillor Fairhurst. Or. Councillor Freeman. Four. Councillor Gregory has gone. Uh, Councillor Hargreaves. Four. Councillor Khan. Four. Councillor Lavelle. Um, Councillor Lavelle. Four. Four. Thank you. Councillor LeCount. Councillor Lees. Councillor Lees. Um, yeah, no, I'm sorry, my spacebar doesn't work, so I have to find my picture and press the unmute. Four. Thank you. Councillor Lemon. Four. Councillor Light. Ten. <laughs> Councillor Lodge. Four. Councillor Lachlan. Against. Councillor Luck. Four. Councillor Merrifield. Four. Councillor Oliver. 
James. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Pavitt. Or. Councillor Pepper. Or. Councillor Reeve. Or. Councillor Sell. Or. Councillor Stora. Or. Councillor Taylor. Or. Thank you. That's clearly carried. I'll just total up the votes. Thank you. While he's totalling up the votes, we'll, just, we'll, we'll be ending the meeting in a moment. It gives me an opportunity for a little plug. You might be interested to know I've just about, by tomorrow morning, will have done my first 100 miles of my 500-mile walk. And, and if anybody wants to uh, uh, sponsor me, you can go onto the, the chairman's uh, Facebook page at, at, at Tuttlesford. Uh, Chairman, before we go, yes, um, I know this has been a Zoom meeting, but if it had been an ordinary council meeting, I would be getting home about midnight. And terrible, I, terrible. And this is it, it's not acceptable to have. No, I've been. I would. I press that there was too much on the agenda. I think we'll all agree. Um, Chair, if I one more point, Chair, if I may, um, yeah. just in, in support of Councillor Lemon, I do appreciate what he's just said. Um, I think I just want to use John Lodge's terms, which I agree with, something that's unacceptable to the council, we said earlier on, um, and that's foul and abusive language. Now, being misspoke is one term, but actually apologising, I think you need to apologise, councillor account really needs to apologise to all councillors, to all young people, that, particularly our young councillors that were listening as well, and really should understand to turn his mic off. Uh, if he doesn't want to get caught out again. I think that's truly unacceptable and we shouldn't accept it. It was a great debate. It was held in the right spirit and to end it with the F word was just not acceptable. I, I didn't hear what it was said and he has apologised and I actually appreciate the apology coming immediately I asked for it. So I think, whilst right. I, I hear what you say, but I think it's it's been dealt with. Thank you. Right. Um, Chair, Chair, could I just make one quick point as well? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be getting home at midnight, but it wouldn't be far before. I'm so sorry. I, I, no, that's no, not a problem. What I'm trying to say is that nearly every meeting, the, it gets too political. I know that you know, people are there to keep people in line and whatever, but a lot of this can be discussed before the meeting and ironed out. If people would just back off their pride and work as a team. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. But what I will say is thank you for um, mostly everybody that's uh, contributed to it and kept a nice, cool head and difficult. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, ben, can you just give me the number? Yeah, 26 for three against two abstentions. Fine, thank you. Could we ask Ben the question about the last vote regarding the uh, situation with Harper's Law? Just to check that one again, please, Ben. Well, I can, but I'll have to come off this meeting, uh, Gary. So oh, that's okay, no problem. That's okay. okay. But as, as we said, uh, it, 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 I, it was carried. Can I just say, on behalf of myself, uh, I do apologise if I've actually said bad words. I, I do apologise for that. It was never meant to be any detrimental to any member or to anybody else. So, Thank, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you very um, much. Thank you. Um, Again, thank you for your patience. I'm sorry if I let this go on too long. 
Maybe I'm just too generous with my t- with, with <laughs> your time. <laughs> okay, but we got that. In, in fact, we got somewhere at the end. Uh, I think, uh, which was a, a reasonable place to go to in a difficult situation. Thank you. The meeting is now ended. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Chair.